We're judging the world and saying what sucks, we're reviewed. Versus the world! No, that, that, that theme song is sticking. I'm not recording another one. I'm too lazy. Anyway, welcome to this month's podcast of Reviews versus the World. Now, of course, you know, it hasn't been all that long since our last podcast. It's been less than a month. In fact, it's only been a few weeks. It's been like two weeks. Yeah, it's been two weeks. But Christmas schedules. Christmas! Woo! I like Christmas. So, I'm Jewish. This isn't fun. Oh, this is going to be a very hey, depressing hey, I'm Hanukkah. Like one, that's not funny. I'm just kidding. I'm full Christian. What? I thought Hanukkah was going on right now. I need to no. check. My oh crap! Day. I gotta go home, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm late for my dreidel spinning. It could not, be worse. Menorah's not gonna light itself. No. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. I mean, maybe. I don't know how it works. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I, I will be talking about that later on tonight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So this is a holidays episode. <laughs> yes, this tonight. Tonight's episode it is reviews versus the Christmas special, and we'll we'll be getting into a little bit more about what that means. But first, I want to go around the table. Um, first of all, let's just say who we all are. Of course, you have Curtis. Hi, it's Curtis. Emily. Me. John. What? Nate. Yo. And I'm Brady. Are you sure? I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and now I'm going to go ahead in reverse order to completely confuse you guys in talking about what it is that we did geeky this week. So, Nate, go ahead and start us off. What did you do geeky? Uh, I got into this new comic book series called I Hate Fairyland. Oh, and it's man. about a girl who's eight years old and she loves princesses and everything fairy. And then she gets sucked into a black hole and ends up in fairyland. And she's told she can go home if she finds a magic key. Fast forward 27 years, oh, she still looks like an 8-year-old little girl, but she's 30, and she hates everything about Fairyland, and she goes on a murderous rampage. That's awesome. And it's great, and the art is incredible. It's by a guy uh, that I really like named Scotty Young, who's done... Oh, Scotty Young is awesome. Yeah, yeah, oh. so it's, it's great. You should look it up. Nate I love me... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I love his um, AVX babies. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good. What did, what did he show No, me? Nate showed me, like, two or three pages of that, and the art is very colorful and beautiful, even though it's a rampaging little girl. <laughs> she, just, just to give you a light spoiler alert, she blows up the moon for back-talking to her. I love that. Okay. And it's I'm sold. It's that happens sold. daily, so. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Anything else? Uh, no, I'm just a geek all the time, so I don't need to tell a life story. So. No you movies? just need everyone to know. Oh, a uh, movie's Creed. If you're a Rocky fan, Creed oh, was really so good. Bad. Creed was great if you're a Rocky fan, yeah. We, we all know my story with Rocky. I, was just yeah, I think say, that we talked about this What do you think of the Rocky movie? Oh. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows enough to reference them, so it's always like that, like... Hey, do you, like, you remember hey. when his manager got his kid a robot? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> But I'll pretend like I do. I feel like that every time someone brings up sports, if I, w if I didn't actively watch the game, it's like when the teacher calls on you in class and you're asleep and you have to, like, wake up and, like, BS everything that you think that they're talking about really quickly. Hey, did you see the game on Sunday? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. Whew, that fourth quarter. And then they just give you enough to BS on further. <laughs> did you see that ludicrous display last night? <laughs> what was the walk-up? <laughs> 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 
Can I just say the thing one thing with Austin is they always try to walk in. Can I just say one thing about Rocky? We're talking about Christmas, and in Rocky Four, Rocky fights Drago in Russia on Christmas Day. See? Oh, <laughs> nothing like. But let me tell you. Just because it was Russian Day, uh, Christmas Day in America, does not mean it was Christmas in Russia. No, Pravoslav uh, Orthodox Christmas is uh, sep- uh, Janu- January January seventh. Is the old calendar. Yes, even though he was calendar. born on April sixth. No, so. he's born. <laughs> he's born on January seventh. Now we also, here in, we in also freedom countries, <laughs> freedom countries, you know, where we speak freedom languages. Oh man, with freedom accents. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's only a matter of time until Hillary Clinton's in office and we're... Okay. I'm just kidding. No, Don. Keep the politics out of this. This is a safe space. (laughs) Um, So, Don, what have you been into? I voted for Kodos. Um, (laughs) That's a great joke. Thanks. It was a slow pitch and I knocked it right off the Um, (laughs) T-ball. Jessica Jones, man. Uh, oh yeah! Holy crap! Yeah, David Tennant. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I, I was like, I loved him as the Doctor, and I was like, whoa, he is a good bad guy. Yeah. Like not Barty. Cr- Barty Crouch was like, let's chew on this scenery until it's all basically. It, 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 mm-hmm. it makes me think that, and I've heard this said several times before, so I'm stealing this from other people, but it's true. It makes me feel like the companions were victims. Oh, oh man! Do I need to listen? Not listen to this? Is this spoiler alert? No, we won't. Sp- we won't spoil Jessica okay. Jones. Okay. I, I, no. Yeah, there's still like, I mean, yes, you should have binge watched it the 13 hours right after it was released. Right. Okay. It, it was, took me a couple of days. <laughs> it took me a couple of days. I, uh, he was scary. Kilgrave oh was my gosh. scary. Oh my well, his power set, like, you know, it's never been quite done like that when they've shown mind control. At least like the few things that I've seen, like a little bit on Heroes. There was one guy who was a puppet master uh-huh. who could kind of do stuff like that. Yeah. But it was never quite, you know. Well directed, Whoa. written, acted. Yeah, you know, it was the production. Not yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. <laughs> season one was just fu- well. Season one, except for the finale, was just fine. Right. So no, but like the show was really well done, tied in enough with Daredevil, but not too much that it was mm-hmm. dependent on it. You didn't need to see one to see the other because there was just a little bit with the you know night nurse. Right. Um, then they, they talked about the Hulk a little bit to the big green guy. Yeah, references to the said. you know um, yeah. and the Boy Marvel. Scout. Yep. Yeah, right. Captain America. Yeah. You know, references to the MCU a little bit more than Daredevil, maybe. I guess, well, Daredevil kind of dealt with the fallout of Avengers 1 because of, you know, where they were in the city and, you know, right. anything. Right, and how it got like, destroyed and they were yeah. trying to build it up. Yeah. So I, I won't give too much away for those of you who have not watched it yet because Wait, it's crazy. You, you finished it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You finished it? Okay, but you guys haven't the, watched it? There, there is cool. one time when there's a character who you think is under the control of the Purple Man, but no, they just hate people with powers because of what happened to New York. Oh, man, yeah. And mm-hmm. that was just a very powerful moment. It, mm-hmm. And that's a really great moment, but with everything that happens after that, it's like you forget about it, you oh, know? Yeah. But it's something that keeps it from being, like, the same, like, episode each time. Like, each... Oh, it's just so well done. What was your favorite gratuitous violent moment? Oh, gosh. None of them. <laughs> it was so violent and very adult. Like, do mm-hmm. not watch this with your kids. It's in rated our material. Yeah, it's it's rough. Really well done, and I think mm-hmm. that like they've proved their point, and hopefully in the future it won't be as like, whoa. But um, <laughs> really insane. Like the moment in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. 
oh my gosh. Like, there's a hint of it in the preview, and I was like, how's that going to play out? And then right. you get to that scene, you're like, oh crap, I know how this is going to end, and it's intense. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just really, what? and I wasn't really a Kristen Ritter fan. I hadn't really seen anything that she'd been in, except for like... You haven't watched Don't guys. Trust the Bee? I made in it... In Apartment 23? I made it... <laughs> She's the Bee! I made it... You made it like two episodes? Two, no, just... two minutes into the pilot, okay, and I was like... Fair. Well, I don't trust her, and I don't want to watch her, and she so that was it. Big Eyes. So, so, I didn't have seen Big Eyes. Okay, so so I, I I made fun of Don't Trust the Bee, but in all honesty, it's great for just a simple fact that Jason Vanderbeek plays himself, right, <laughs> in a completely over the top fashion, and it is amazing. That's what I've heard. There are little bits of it that are good, but um, go watch Jessica Jones. Other than that, there's a new season of Broadchurch that just came on Netflix, so I'm catching up with that. It's mm-hmm. a really great show. Is it? Um, and uh, also, also for, David Tennant. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's like you know David Tennant you can root for because right. you're like oh he's had a lot of bad stuff happen to him when like Purple Man it's like someone kill him they're <laughs> like trying to figure out a loophole with his powers to get him and it doesn't you know. Also, I have been really really staying away from. Um, all media because of Star Wars trailers. I'm the guy right. at the office who's like writing the countdown on the whiteboard. Right. It's oh my gosh, it's so hard to stay away from the trailers, and I'm you know, so excited. Like, no, I, I, I just cannot believe when Chewbacca announces a relationship with R2D2 in the trailer. That that <laughs> oh, just blew I know, my mind. I know, and then Leia getting shot. My God. So help me if any of this. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to hear something interesting? Is uh, I'm a film critic, and they're not having any critic screenings for it at all. Good. No Good. screenings whatsoever. Because things leak. Yeah. And exactly. If I read one little opinion of, well, it was good, but it wasn't, blah, 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 or whatever, like. You know, what, yeah. that'll taint my entire... Even knowing the Metacritic or the um, Rotten Tomatoes score... Right. Because in my head, I'm like, okay, if it's this percentage, that means that it's going to be this good, and I, you know... So, I have to just move to a cave. Right. <laughs> with noise-canceling headphones and a blindfold. Hey, right. man, it's only no 15 more days. Like, oh, Actually, it's, well, it's 13. Yeah, oh. um, I'm seeing it three times in the first 24 hours. Wow. Just as the way tickets worked out, that's how many times I've seen it. <laughs> Repeated three times in the first week. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I don't have a ticket yet. That's because okay. you fail. No, it's because he didn't fail and he has kids. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's because I went to order them and then my wife made fun of me. So I stopped. You've got to tune that voice out. I did. <laughs> <laughs> So she's going to call me a geek, 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 and I'm going to be a geek, geek, geek in my new Stormtrooper shirt and uh, in my good seats in the night of the premiere, so whatever. I love it. Awesome. Emily. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I don't really... I feel like I've not done anything especially nerdy since our last podcast. Good for you. Because that was only two weeks ago. <laughs> right. I, I, it's, it's weird that I haven't. I feel like I should... I keep pooling my brain. I saw The Good Dinosaur... I don't know if that's nerdy, but that's it was it's really Pixar. cute. Right, it's mm-hmm. Pixar. That's you can cute. geek out about Pixar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's the way that I that I choose things that are geeky. It's basically anything that you can be passionate about. Right. Right. So Pixar, you can definitely be pa- passionate about that. We had a podcast all about it. That's so. very yeah. true. The Good Dinosaur was very cute. I I'm I'm a crier. That one really oh, got to me. Like oh, I can't tell you why, but there's a, there's just a thing, and it's a circle. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I I, I thought oh, I man. liked it. I was the only one besides the kids that went with us that did like it. Right. Um, story was pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was quite. 
I don't know. It, it, it came out. Brady said this upstairs. It it's the came out the same year as Inside Out. Right. Yeah. So it's you know its own competition. You know it's tough right. to stack up mm-hmm. against that. But yeah. I still think it was good. It was you know better than like DreamWorks Pictures that are yeah. coming out. Right. That's so. Very did you true. see uh, Peanuts? Have you seen Peanuts? I haven't seen that yet. yet. I want oh, to it's know. cute. Is it cute? I wanted really to look my nieces and their their babysitter took them. So I was like, oh, oh it's cute. Dang I, I don't know. I I heard that being a nice person. I heard that Peanuts has. Scenes of children playing outside <gasps> and what? not being on their cell phones. What? So, fantasy? I know, I know. <laughs> Is this a fantasy movie? I, I, I don't know, but I, I just don't think that I can trust it. <laughs> like, I don't because know you I, I, I don't know these children, but they must be evil. <laughs> They're in an alternate reality, everybody. Um, um, I'm wearing a Niners hoodie that my fiancé got me. I like the 49ers. Uh, that's sportsy nerdy, right? I'm done. I don't have anything else. I love you guys. <laughs> if you have a fantasy team, then you're a sports geek. All right. No. Okay, well, you know, eventually. Uh, someday, eventually. <laughs> Curtis. Okay, so the first thing that I have to do is I have to defend Emily's dirtiness on 49ers. I have, I have been a bad influence on her. I think, though, it's funny. I work with a bunch of comic book nerds, and I do not believe... I'm not a comic book nerd. A lot of people look at me because I love comic book movies. I love the cartoons. I love all of this universe. I have probably never read a full comic book that wasn't like Garfield in my entire life. (laughs) Ever. And so when I go to work and I start talking about football, these people look at me the way that jocks in the locker room look at somebody who's talking about Spider-Man. Totally crazy. So Emily and I have not missed the game, a 49ers game, in two years. Nice. Not a single one. Wow. We will catch them on our phones, or we will catch them on TV, or we will go at 11 in the morning on a Sunday when you're usually sleeping in or at church, and we will go and watch a 49ers game. Awesome. The two things that I've done this nerdy is, number one is Legacy of the Void, um, the final expansion, quote-unquote, for StarCraft II. Mm-hmm. I love StarCraft. I have since the 90s. Um, beautifully good game. And then uh, the other thing is, is Emily and I... In our life, we finally have upgraded to 4K. I forgot. In we our got living that TV. room, we Ooh. got a huge, brand new 4K TV. Nice. And so, of course, what is the first thing that I watched on the new 4K TV? Star Wars. Well, yeah, nice. you have to. Well, you have to. What other movie Star is in your brain so clearly that you can see? You know, well, what we is, we had yeah. a problem where we we bought the 4K TV on like Black Friday. It was at Walmart at like two in the afternoon. So like everybody basically cleared out. And we're like. Are we doing this right now? I think we're doing this right now. But I was really hesitant about it. So we took it home, we set it up, and then we set up the current TV we have and the new TV. And we. Right. And we put um, a Star Wars movie in each Blu ray player we have, because we have two, coincidentally. And the problem was that neither of our Blu ray players, like, play things in 4K. Yeah. So it was really hard to. We have a 4K TV and 4K cable with 4K YouTube. Uh-huh. But no 4K Blu-rays, which is funny, because you would think that that would be higher quality. Yeah. We have right. the upscaled 4K release of the Star Wars Blu-rays, um, and so they, they're they gorgeous. Yeah. You see things in them that you would never notice before. Like, I never really, it never really dawned on me that C-3PO is only polished in gold in Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. In every single one, he's either beat up. Or he has a silver leg, or he's not the right color, or he doesn't have his casing on. Mm-hmm. And it's really apparent in A New Hope how beat up those droids are. Yeah. And funny enough, I don't have bad vision, but I've just never had a really good television before. I, I just think it's amazing that, you know, with a, with a new 4K 
versions of the movies, you can see that one time when the guy accidentally walks on the screen with a coffee and looks confused and walks off. Right, right. <laughs> what about the stormtrooper running in and bumping that his one? head on I the other I love that. Battlefront. They put a little Easter egg. Yeah. I wanted to ask if you watched the prequels on Blu-ray and found a decent movie in there on the 4K. So, you know, funny enough, I... So, John Williams is one of the... If I had the the number one redeeming quality of Revenge of the Sith, is it probably, and I'm just going to say this, and I know that there are a lot of music lovers out there, the best movie score yet written is in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, John Williams. And you can almost turn that movie on, turn it up really loud just for the soundtrack, and it's worth it. I think hey, that, if like, I may interject here. <laughs> Go ahead. Guardians just, of the Galaxy. Okay. Oh, no. Well, that's no. not fair, because that's like different. different. Yeah, yeah. That's, different. A good, that's a good soundtrack. Yes. Not necessarily so the if composition. I may amend my right. But then, as musical score. If, yeah, that, if yeah, I may score. amend okay. my score. Okay, there we go. There we then go. It, it is the best musical score written for a movie ever. Yet. And I say yet because John Williams also wrote the music for number seven. I'm hoping he doesn't pull a Howard Shore. Howard Shore, who wrote all three of the Lord of the Rings movies, and it was this gorgeous suite of music. Powerful, beautiful music. And then for The Hobbit, he played the same songs over and over again and added one new one. Yeah, <laughs> over and over again. And it's like, thank you, Howard Shore. Very disappointing. You know, I think John Williams is the only one who they didn't tell, like, hey, these prequels are kind of crappy. Oh, I know. Don't right. give it 100%. Oh. 100%. He's like, huh? 110%? Got it. <laughs> oh, do you want the theme? Oh, my gosh, too. yeah. I was going to say, even, even in episode one, you're like, hey, all right. And he has yeah. like a love theme in episode uh-huh. two. And, so, and that's the thing is people don't like that. The dun, 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 like dun, it. dun. And yeah, it's this like really it. powerful thing. And that third movie, when, when things are going down and the temple, the Jedi temple is on fire and Padme is crying I have this thing where I imagine somebody else saying Hayden Christensen's lines. (laughs) (laughs) That scene when he says, you turn her against me, you will not take her from me. It's this beautiful, powerful scene because of John Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's the end. What do you mean about Hayden Christensen? (laughs) I hate him. They'll pay. Here's the thing. They'll all pay. No, no. It's because I'm so in love with you. Right. Ah. (laughs) I was just going to say, I'm sure Curtis's thoughts went the same place because we had this discussion last night watching Star Wars. Um, There are moments where Hayden Christensen has redeeming qualities, but it's only when he's being cute. Not when he's being broody. Like, when he smiles, basically, he's good. But not when he's talking? Well, no, there's, there's, it's in the third movie, I think, where he has that moment with Padme. When Padme says, I'm pregnant, and he says, we're not going to worry about anything right now. And it's yeah. the only genuine line he delivers in the entire series. Yeah. Beautifully delivered. But it was delivered. just, it was beautiful. Sorry. I don't know. Anyway. Again. again. I think it was so, just Natalie Portman that was beautiful. Now. I don't know, yeah. guys. I'm Did I say hey, Natalie hey, Portman? Not Natalie Portman. Looking. I might have said that in the wrong Natalie. We know you, you know, we know you know what you're talking about. Oh, dude, Natalie Dormer. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> Let's move on. Right. <laughs> so... In the last few weeks for me, I have... Now, this might be a shocker for you guys, but I have a TV show that I'd like to talk about and a video game that I'd like to talk oh about. Oh, my gosh. That's this so has never character. happened before. I know. It's weird. <laughs> wow. I think so, I might have a heart attack. Right so, first of all, the TV show is season two of Fargo. Yep. Really? Now, season one of Fargo blew me away. Like, I, I, I feel like there has never been anything... Well, there hasn't been any TV that comes anywhere close to that 
in the last five years, at least. This season of Fargo is better than the first season. Wow. It is more consistent throughout the episodes. You know, in Fargo season one, you had some episodes that were a little bit slower, but here everything is just in high gear the entire time, and everybody's on their game. Now, season one had Lord Malvo, played by Billy Bob Thornton, who was just this presence of evil and malevolence. But season two, basically what you have is you have these two rival factions. You have the Fargo criminal faction, who they have, they're the Gerhardt family, so they're family-run criminal organization, Um, and you have some wonderful actors in there. Um, Jean Smart plays the, kind of, the matriarch of the family, and she's amazing, but the standout character was actually Jeffrey Donovan from uh, from Burn Notice. Notice, I like him a lot. Who is, he is amazing as this creepy, chauvinist, awful, backstabs his family sort of evil guy. Um, and then you have then you have the group from Kansas City um, who are basically trying to expand their criminal empire and take over the Fargo Syndicate. And they're actually they're actually run by Brad Garrett, who's mm-hmm. He's always great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's Brad Garrett. Um right. he was in Ratatouille, so he gets he gets my vote. Yep. And and then he, and then you have movie. the cops trying to investigate, who it's Lou Salverson, who's in the first season of Fargo. He's he's the dad who owns the diner. Mm-hmm. Um this is his story back in the seventies when when he was a cop. And then his father in law, played by Ted Danson. Oh yeah. And um Lou is actually played by Patrick Wilson. Who is say. amazing mm-hmm. in this, and so is Ted Danson. I love Patrick. Williams. And Always. just every character in the show is amazing. But the, the the characters who really kind of blew me away more than anyone else were there's you know this couple, just this regular couple who kind of gets thrown into things, um, and they're played by uh, Jesse Plemons who is otherwise referred to as Meth Damon, because he <laughs> looks exactly like a young Matt Damon, and and he was in Breaking Bad. Oh. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> He's a great actor. Though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And he was such a small part in Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. but, wow. but he had a presence. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah. and here he is amazing. But the, the standout role in all of this, in all of these amazing performances, is Kirsten Dunst. What? Of all people. You know, Kirsten... Just absolutely rocks it. And the thing is, you know, she she plays this character who is so detached from the world and herself and reality. Um, so this won't be ruining too much for you, but she happens to basically run over a guy <laughs> in the first episode. He goes through her windshield, is in her windshield, she drives home with a guy in her windshield... And makes hamburger helper and tater tots. Like it's not out gonna, of him, right? It's like no, he no. Did a oh, right. I thought, I thought, I thought no, that's all what was going on. No, just completely, completely oblivious to you know what actually happened. Not even bringing it up. Just oh hey, hun, I, I made you some hamburger helper and tater tots with a guy in her windshield. <laughs> See, I flipped, I flipped by and it was on, and I was like, oh Fargo. Okay, I've heard this is good. Saw the middle of an episode, and she was in it, and I was like. Oh, 
she's still alive. <laughs> no, she like kind of disappeared, and like I kind of am like love hate with Kirsten Dunst. Like mm-hmm. I know that she's like like she still owes me some time for the time wasted with Elizabeth Town. That's, that's worst true. movie ever. It was like on at a party. I wouldn't say ever, but or it's pretty bad. Marie Antoinette. See, I didn't bother. Uh, I don't know. It, that's okay, the game. Okay. Is can you find a worse movie than Elizabeth Town? But Toy Soldiers. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Toy Soldiers has Toy Soldiers in it. <laughs> Elizabeth Town. Has, but ugh. she's amazing in Fargo. Just <laughs> this show. It is easily the best show on TV right now. It's better than the first season of Fargo, which was better than anything that was on while it was on. You this think it was is better than like 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 Mad Men or Breaking oh Bad or oh definitely. Like and the cinematography does so many clever things to it. Mm-hmm. Like it uses it uses that kind of split screen technique, but it uses it so effectively and so strengthy. Like you'll have you'll have a split screen showing basically the same event, but like seconds delayed from each other. Mm-hmm. And just like the effect is really cool, and That's it's just it, it's gorgeous, guys. This will mm-hmm. definitely be as as soon as the season ends. I will have a review of it. Fargo season one was our first video review that we had, and Fargo season two will probably be our first one for 2016. Nice. I like continuity like that. That's yeah. yeah, special. It's pretty good. Pretty good. And then a video game, and I won't say too much about this because I've already gone on too long about Fargo. But seriously, watch Fargo, guys! <laughs> oh my gosh! If you, okay. And, and, and if you don't have access to season two, then go and watch season one. It's on Hulu in its and entirety. Netflix. No, it's, it's not on Netflix nope. anymore. It was never on Netflix. It's Hulu exclusive. Oh wow! Um, but it it it's amazing, guys. Absolutely amazing. Um, but anyway, so... Farm yeah. video game. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so now on to the other side of things. I'm going to go for something completely different where, you know, you have Fargo that's deep and poignant and well-directed. And let's go instead for mass destruction in Just Cause 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Just Cause 3 is... Basically, the Michael Bay of video games, <laughs> where it's about making as many explosions as you can, blowing up all sorts of things, playing around with the physics, and going around in this open world using your combination of a grappling hook that you can, you know, pull yourself into things with, um, a wingsuit, and a parachute. And just kind of flying around, liberating towns, causing destruction, but you can do so many cool things, guys. Like... So, okay, so I, I, I went up to a guy, and I, I planted, uh, like, a remote-controlled mine on him, and then I used my grappling hook and hooked him to a helicopter that was shooting at me, <laughs> and then you can do a thing to retract the line for the grappling hook, so basically threw him into, into the helicopter, and then I... Made him explode, which made the helicopter explode, and it was wonderful. Oh my like God. These, this is this is the sort of joy lost, that you can get. Emily. I'm out. Sorry, guys. Remember well, the old PS3 game Pain, where you just shoot a guy out of a slingshot and you just see how many like yeah. ways he can get hurt. <coughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of like that, except for <laughs> explosions. Well, I played some of Just Cause 2, and I was like, this what what? So you just yeah, yeah you just cause mayhem. 
But, uh, so I have a parachute. Yeah, you do. And you're on a hill. And those are the bad guys at the bottom of the hill. So I can just parachute in and, yeah, kill everybody. And the, <laughs> and the whole thing is surrounded by barrels. Yeah, they all explode. All of them? Every single one. <laughs> just Cause should have been called Just Cause. No, that's not what I thought it was. That's exactly what I thought it was. I was like, why is this going on? And I looked at the box. Just Cause. Right? <laughs> all right. All right. That's so, right. so it, it, it's, it's wonderful. Now, now here, here's, here's a little caveat. Um, on the consoles, it's a little. It has, it has some definite technical issues. A lot of slowdowns with frame rate, things like that. So, if you have a good PC, I'd recommend that you get it for that instead. However, however you can play it, just play it because it's, it's fun mayhem. Don't care about the story. In fact, I skipped every cutscene. And here's another thing: the radio announcer who comes in to basically defend the dictator. Is David Tennant. So, <laughs> oh, hey. Hey. It's like John Hurt in the last in the Halloween episode. Right. That's right. He's in everything. All right. So let's go ahead and we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about all of our happy Christmas things. I love Christmas, guys. Woo. I love Christmas. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Woo! Two reviews versus the world. We just crapped on the Sorry, Mom. <laughs> I, and, and now with that lovely introduction, we're going to talk about <laughs> You're going to keep that? Of course I'm going to keep that. You can't have better timing than that. Oh, man. <laughs> Hiding hey, he looks like Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not in a Ben Affleck way, but in like a really awesome. Oh no! Like, yeah, come on, come on. Hey, look, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do you like that. Christmas <laughs> reviews versus the world. We're reviews versus the Christmas. That means that we are anti-Christmas. Wait a minute. I'm definitely not anti-Christmas. Whoa, if that's what this group is about, we're gonna. You like the guy in all of the first half of the Christmas specials. <laughs> All right, everyone, we need to Before get Brady to in the spirit of Christmas. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, man. Brady's heart is three sizes too big today. <laughs> it's a genetic contagion. <laughs> yeah. You insensitive Brady. <laughs> is that on, uh, no, it's on Family Guy when Rudolph is like, well, Rudolph, you have a tour. <laughs> a Christmas tour? No, malignant tour. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, so what we're going to do is we're going to go around the table a few times, so we're going to talk about some of our favorite Christmas-themed pieces of entertainment. And so let's actually go ahead, and we will start off with Curtis. Oh, okay. So we talked about Christmas things. I don't think anything is more Christmassy than A Christmas Carol with Charles Dickens, and we just touched on that a second ago with the change of heart and things like that. It's almost like his book that he wrote has become the paradigm of Christmas movies, shows, books, novels. It has become the Christmas story. And one show that has a episode that is basically a Christmas story where somebody goes either into the past or into the future and learns a lesson is the episode called Lexmas mm -hmm. in uh, Smallville. Believe it or not, I love Smallville. 
I used to love Smallville. I used to watch it all the time. I what, followed what, it. Until what, what, what was it last last time that I went on a rant, or was it the time before that that I went on a rant about Smallville? Might have been the time, time before, before that. Yeah, I think it was a couple of minutes ago, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just bring it up in casual conversation. I brought really, it up in a really... job interview once. It did not go over well. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your qualities? I hate Smallville! Because <laughs> no, I think the Smallville does... A... I, I always say that Smallville should have a highlight reel. Because honestly, the highlights of Smallville are almost worth the garbage in between. Almost. Mm-hmm. Almost. But the problem is, is after the third or fourth season, the garbage is too much. Like, Emily and I tried to rewatch them, and I have all ten seasons sitting at my house on DVD. We and struggle we got, to watch them now. Oh, we, because, we got to season six, mm-hmm. and then, go ahead. We got to season six. We finished it, and the whole time we were basically like, oh my, this is so, oh, this is stupid. Why am I still, oh, I, I have to get through this. I power through this. <laughs> we only have three seasons left. So after finishing that season, we um, decided to skip season seven and eight. It sounds like and trying to get to your grandma's it. fruitcake. Something oh, yeah. like that. So is season six the one with Bizarro? Yes. yes. We ended uh, We ended the last episode that we watched was the episode where Bizarro pops out of Superman and... And Lon, oh, I mean, Chloe deci- discovered that her tears, she has meteor powers, and she Which brings like, l- l- um, Lois back That's pushing it, Riders. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was bad. We need Chloe to be special. But anyway, anyway so, 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 so back to the Christmas. Christmas. Lex Luthor, who we all know is a bad guy, in Smallville is a very rich man who was originally friends with Superman. Mm-hmm. The story goes, spoiler alert, this episode's like seven or eight years old. If you haven't watched it already, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, basically, what happens is that he Lex is shot while doing some nefarious thing that he's doing, talking, concocting a scheme. He gets shot and he goes into a coma, which happens actually quite a lot in Smallville, Kansas. Apparently. Funny enough, <laughs> everybody has amnesia. And uh, well, well, yeah. I mean, is it, isn't it a thing that when you get shot, you automatically go into a coma and get amnesia? Right. Obviously. And he's shot like every episode. That man <laughs> is like a bullet magnet. Anyway, so he goes and he and he wakes up in the future. Or the future that could be, if he embraces the Christmas spirit, and he's in he's in love with a beautiful woman, he has kids, all of this, and meanwhile, while he's in a coma, Superman has a big stack of presents that he has to go deliver in Metropolis, and he meets this. My favorite part is he meets this guy on a roof, who's dressed in a Santa costume, and he's going to kill himself. Drunk Santa, yeah, drunk Santa, and he's going to kill himself. And he says, why are we doing this? Nobody believes in Christmas anymore. And because Clark explains to him that he could be home in Kansas with his family, but instead he's you know, delivering these presents, Santa's like, oh, well, there's some good in this world. He stands up and falls off the roof. And, of course, Superman super speeds and catches him. Mm-hmm. Later in the episode, when Lex wakes up, he had the, the there's this, still this mountain of presents, Clark Kent and his friend Chloe are looking around. They're talking. They're never going to get it done. They turn around, and all the presents are gone. And there's a note from the drunk Santa. And it turns out he was the real Santa. What? Dun, dun, dun. And Superman saved Santa Claus. (laughs) So bad. But the crazy... The reason why I like that episode, though, is because something that Smallville does is they make you love Lex Luthor for the first two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. This is, I believe, in season four. This is in season five. I checked. And it's it's at the... No, it's not that late. Yeah, it, it is. is. I'm it looking at okay. season Lex five, Smith. episode nine. Yes, yeah. Lex Smith. Anyway, he, you are in love with him, and you want him to be a good guy. 
and and it shows and the episode because I actually rewatched it myself yeah. today. It shows that he could be a good guy, even though he's in love with Kristen Stewart, and I don't know how you can do that. Oh, like seriously? Well, she, she's awful. But but anyway, everything uh, uh, she makes uh, everything a problem. Uh, anyway. Outside of that, the, the message the message of the show. I mean, and it it ends up being I don't want to steal your thunder or anything, yeah. but like at the end of the episode, the the message is you know basically his his mom in his coma is trying to basically give him to to get him to be good and to change his life, right. but he also has the influence of his dad, who is a very very evil man. Yes, and. Um, basically, in this coma world, is Christian Crook is dying in childbirth, yes. and the only person that can save him, save save her, is Lex's dad. Lionel Luther. Yeah, by you know getting her to this specialist, and Lionel R- Luther just outright refuses because Lex gave up Luth Luth Court. Yeah. Luther and so you know the the episode ends with this really kind of poignant moment. Where Lex has this, has, you know, he has these two different paths that he could go of either oh. try to be good and, or. And every time you and, yell at the TV, choose good, Lex, choose good! <laughs> yeah. So try to be good, but your wife will die. Or <coughs> try to be evil to save her. And he chooses to be evil to save her. Right. You know Lana Lang kills... You know Lana Lang is the reason why Lex Luthor is a bad guy and why Jonathan Kent is dead? That's a thing. On the show. Watch, watch, yeah, watch show. Smallville. Okay. Yeah. I was like... Oh, no, it's, okay. it's stupid. No, it's, it's pretty dumb. But I love it because they actually understand the nature of Jonathan and Martha Kent's influence on Superman's life, something mm-hmm. that Man of Steel did not. Right. Um, maybe you should have let those kids die in the bus. Maybe, I don't know. That's not what Jonathan Kent would have told his ever, part to do. Ever, Did ever, you see, ever. There was, I, I, it's probably, it was either BuzzFeed or, I, a funny site, I can't remember which one, but it was like, thing. it was like making fun of Man of Steel, and one of them was like, as Jonathan Kent dies, he's like, remember Clark, always kill children. <laughs> <laughs> like, built on that joke. Yeah. Like, what I should just, yes, that's what I'm hey, all about. Yeah, no, we, we have, we have danced around several times, of our beefs with Man of Steel, and I think mm-hmm. that we're going to... I think that we should have an episode that's basically around superhero movies that should have been great. Oh, can I be You know what? And, and, Man, and of Steel, Man of Steel... Man of Steel, I really like, and I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging that him letting his dad die is stupid, mm-hmm. and that, holy crap, they're destroying a city, like... You know, like it's nothing. Like the whole city. But I think that there's going to be some fallout. Yeah, Yeah. sorry. Go ahead. True. Yeah, of course that's what would happen. But like you know, you think that he would try a little harder to like get out. And Superman is my favorite superhero by far and away. I I think that like like the Marlon Brando. You know that. Oh yeah, Superman. Son of (laughs) Krypton. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think they're gonna. I think that they're going to. Like I think Batman versus Superman will make Man of Steel better because they like, uh, well, 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 or I, worse. I, I saw the trailer, the new trailer for Man for Batman v Superman, which means that I've seen the entire movie because they go through. Oh the my gosh, they give away everything in one trailer, and yeah. I was. I have no interest now. I, I the, literally the first words out of my mouth when I watched that new trailer, I turned around to Emily and I said. Well, I don't need to see that movie now, yeah. except for the extended fight scenes. Yeah, no, that's that's what happened. I was like, I'm not watching any Star Wars trailers. 
but I can't help myself. Right. I already, like, whatever. I, I'm going to watch I, Batman. I, the, uh, oh, go ahead. The Star Wars trailers don't give anything away at all. Well, I'm still not going to watch them. But I, I, I'm like, yes, it does give away the whole movie, but there was a shot that had Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman in live action on screen together, and I was six years old again, so they got me. I'm going right. to go see the movie. Open. I'm going to go right. see the movie because, cause I, like I said, I, I love Superman. Yeah. yeah. I hope Superman shows I, that and I like Henry Cavill. I think yeah. oh, I about what Henry power Cavill. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> bet on black, my friend. Batman could totally take Superman. No. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Christmas. 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 No, I was going to ask about Christmas Story. You brought up Christmas Story. How many different versions of a Christmas Story are there? You mean There's Christmas Carol? Christmas, Christmas Carol. Did I say a Christmas Story? Yes. Yeah. Oh, not to bury the lead. That's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> uh, no, a Christmas Carol. My favorite is Mickey's Christmas Carol. It has Scrooge McDuck. Uh-huh. That's a great one. pretty That's fantastic. Great one. Uh, and then that Muppet was Scrooge's Christmas introduction. Christmas yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol. There was a great uh, Looney Tunes one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where instead of like a bunch of different ghosts and stuff, it's just bugs screwing with Yosemite Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Scrooged, of course. There's oh, um, Scrooged was great. Then there was a Batman where it was a Halloween special. Right. It's a Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale where it's he's visited by different villains, but it's Halloween. It's right. Like, what about what, this? What day is this? What about the Star Wars? And uh, the Star Wars Christmas special. We're not going to... No, that one goes... That has nothing to do with Christmas Carol. I'm just talking about oh, different sorry. versions of A Christmas Carol. Yeah, I'm just sorry. Awful things that should never... Like, worse than the prequels from what I hear. Right. I, I think A Christmas horrible. Carol for me was always easy because I wasn't a big reader as a kid, but I loved the way Charles Dickens wrote. And since then, I've read, read a lot of Charles Dickens. Have you read Great Expectations? How did you get through it? So, yes. not Great Expectations, Okay, because no, I tried, good. and I, I can get that the story, I like the story, right. but the rest it is took kind me of like struggle. three years yeah, to get through Edmund Brood. Yeah, so, I, I love Christmas Carol. It's, I probably read through that book more than any other book put together. So. All right, Emily. Sorry. Um, I like the movie The Santa Claus. Hey. And, and the clause has an E at the end. Uh, 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 so it's uh, clever. Because uh, it's a contract joke. Yeah. Um. Well, John spelled it wrong for years because of that. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Tim Allen. I, I just... <laughs> unconditionally. <laughs> yes. That wasn't Brady. That was a gorilla. <laughs> gorilla Grodd somehow broke into the uh, room. And he brought jokes weird. from the mid-90s with him. <laughs> I love Tim Allen. I, just the movie. Every time I watch it, it's not one that like I get sick of really. Because there are plenty of movies that I have to watch. Like if I like it at all, I'm probably gonna watch it like once every few years. You know what I mean? But that's mm-hmm. one that I can watch every year without a problem. Because it's funny and it's cute and it's heartwarming and it's not like sob-inducing. You know what I mean? It's just pleasant to watch. Plus, I had a thing for Bernard when I was really little. <laughs> I don't know why. But, like, when I saw him later on Numbers, I was like, it's Bernard! And I freaked out. I just like that movie a lot. Um, it has some really good lines before they actually go to the North Pole. Mm-hmm. They find Santa's suit because he's, like, disappeared magically or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's naked somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he yells, he's like, I don't even wear pajamas. I sleep naked, but naked! And, like, the neighbors are going by, he's like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little things like that, like... I don't know. Or when they hear the things falling outside, they go. He goes to his son and he says, "Hey, do you know the number for nine one one? Yeah, nine one one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we just won't talk about the Santa Claus three with Jack. So, oh, that no, that can horrible. be. They have Santa Claus one and two yes. are one and two is okay. Uh, was that a joke? 
or did you not? No, I've never seen okay. the sequel. She's the okay. Se- the second one's pretty okay. It's not as good as the first, but yeah. it's, it's cute. All right, John. The, every so I, I try every year to like make sure I'm not being a person who starts Christmas, you know, in September, like the stores do. And and I, our family tradition is Thanksgiving night. Once we're you know in the food coma. We've mm-hmm. consumed all the turkey there is, and we're having, you know, a slice of pie and ice cream, and we'll throw in uh, uh, White Christmas, okay. which is a great classic movie. Everybody seen it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I was no? in that musical, well, Curtis, let Not me that tell. musical, but a yeah. version of that musical in high school. Oh. Well, I was Betty. That is the best. Obviously. So... It was actually the top-grossing film of 1954. I did not know this until I was doing a little research. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Michael Curtiz, Curtis, Curtis, C-U-R-T-A-Z, however you'd like to pronounce it. He, you you he can direct- mispronounce it. He's probably not alive anymore. He directed Casablanca. Yeah. Well. Wow. Yeah. Which it's my is second fantastic. favorite movie of all time. What's your first favorite movie? Singing in the Rain. Actually, is my favorite movie of all I time. I love Singing in the Rain. Yeah. But uh, Christmas. Christmas. Christmas! <laughs> it's just a classic holiday musical. So, I'll tell Curtis, since he hasn't heard of this. Thank you! Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye are the leads in the movie, and they are army buddies. Um, Danny Kaye saved Bing Crosby's life and hurt his arm, and uses that guilt trip to get to become his business partner. Bing Crosby's already a famous singer. He's kind of playing a version of his, himself, basically. Mm-hmm. And Danny Kaye is like, you know, I have this song. Maybe you could put it in your act when you get out, you know, after the war's over. And he's like, well, this is for two people. He's like, I, I do a single. And he's like, well, maybe you, uh, you know, you get somebody. And kind of, <laughs> and he's like, well, I just do a single. And he's like, well, okay, I don't want you to, you know, feel a responsibility or anything. And like, you know, pets his hurt arm. And that's a reoccurring <laughs> okay. gag. It's like any time that Danny Kaye wants to twist his arm, he's kind of like, you know, I saved your life in the war. And so it keeps going on and on. So they become they become a double act. They end up becoming producers, like Broadway producers is kind of the mm-hmm. assumption. And they're, um, they get a letter from an army buddy. Would you go see my sisters and get, take a look at their act? They're, they have the sister act. They sing, they dance, everything, whatever. And that's where Rosemary Clooney and Vera oh. Ellen come in. And they're wonderful, and they're great. Um, so they they're, keep, they, they're the best part of the movie, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, they're fantastic. <laughs> they meet up with them. Um, yeah, Rosemary Clooney is really fantastic, and Vera Ellen like dances like nobody's business, mm-hmm. even though like she's like teeny tiny. It's scary. She's like her waist I is like break a pencil. her in half. Yeah, she's so teeny. Anyway, the girls are booked to play over the holidays at this uh, this hotel, and they've had a discussion. The guys have had a discussion that Danny Kaye has like created a Frankenstein. He's like, now you're obsessed with work. I've been telling you like let's let's do this, let's do that, and like we've become producers, and all we do is work. You need to find a girl, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna find a girl. I don't, you know. <laughs> Ro- enter, Rosemary. <laughs> enter Rosemary Clooney, and whoosh, yeah, so they're kind of there's some friction between them at first, and then it turns to, of course, like oh, oh well, uh, maybe a little, you know, they go up to Danny Kay convinces them to go up to this inn, which is run by their former general. They realize that times are bad in the inn, and they're like, well, we should help out the general. So they bring their whole show up there, and they're going to put on a show on Christmas Eve. And the whole time, there's no snow. This inn in Vermont, which is a ski a ski lodge, has mm-hmm. no clients. And so they're like, we're going to put on a show, and we're going to bring everybody in, and it's going to be great. And it's a wonderful movie, really funny. One of my favorite lines in all of movies is in there. 
Danny Kaye is telling Bing Crosby, like, you need to find yourself a girl, and he's like, I'll get around to it one of these days. And Danny Kaye says, my dear partner, when what's left of you gets around to what's left to be gotten, what's left to be gotten won't be worth getting whatever it is you've got left. (laughs) (laughs) Bing Crosby says, whenever I can figure out what that means, I'm going to come up with a crushing reply. (laughs) (laughs) Danny Kaye's one of my favorites. Danny Kaye's so great. If you haven't seen The Court Jester. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, Ben Stiller, you're not Danny Kaye. Well, nobody's Danny Kaye. No. Except Donald O'Connor, maybe. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, that's, that's he's so close. good. Yeah, that's he's close. awesome. Like his make him laugh, like his backflips off the wall and yeah. everything. And singing, singing in the, the rain. rain. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I would highly recommend that. There's a funny part. The girls do this song, Sisters. They sing this sister song. Sisters. They were never such devoted. I would do. I, I am, I've memorized this movie like every Christmas without fail in my whole life. Even when I was like in Russia for two years, I got like the soundtrack and you know. Mm-hmm. The, there was a bit in the movie. The guys help the girls escape from this uh, club owner who's like there's um is demanding money from him that they, they didn't really owe him. Mm-hmm. And so the guys send him out the back door and they put on their outfits and they do the sisters number. That originated in a gag that Bing Crosby and Danny Kay did. And like they had just had to use that take where they're still busting up laughing and everything. And they're like not quite in drag. But That's like, part of the movie. It's, it's so oh, good. Yeah. So good. Did so, you know Mary Ellen does not do her own singing? No, she does movie? not. No, she does not. Uh, Rosemary Clooney does some of it, and uh, her sister is on the soundtrack. There's a whole... I'm not going to get it's into that. I love that movie. It's a um, lie? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's not a, <laughs> not a lie so much well, as... Well, it's uh, like a Disney movie. You Christian have people Bale doing speaking yeah. things, and then Leia Salonga comes in and sings for half of the Disney princesses. And there by half, go. I mean two. <laughs> That's still a lot. <laughs> um, I highly recommend it. I love that movie. It's just part of like my life, so go watch White Christmas. It's really right. good. It's awesome. Are we doing one movie or three? Well, we're going around. We're, we're, we're yeah, going I'm not going to give, out. I'm not gonna give okay. them all at once. Okay, my first movie, <laughs> I'm still laughing, uh, is Die Hard. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> uh, my That's first... my mom's favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, I love, uh, I love Die Hard. It takes place at Christmas time. John McClane, who's played by Bruce Willis, is uh, going home for Christmas. His wife has a work party at her big firm and some terrorists attack and so John McClane goes to save his wife and the other people in the building from the terrorists on Christmas is it Christmas Eve I think it is on Christmas Eve pretty sure it's Christmas Eve yeah Yeah. and then in the middle of a Christmas Eve party they're having yeah so um yeah Die Hard's fun uh yeah, so that's all I really have to say. Can I just I like say it. one of my favorite characters in that movie, though, is the limo driver? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, he, was, so uh, he was the guy from Family Matters, the uh, the cop yeah, on yeah. Family Matters. Yeah, dude, he's yeah. so... No, 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 the no, limo that was driver. The police cop. The cop... <laughs> He was the cop on. He's a cop in everything. He's a cop in Ghostbusters. See, see, yeah. see now, 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 this is an extended universe view that we never knew about the character of Carl. Right. <laughs> right. Carl Winslow started off at Nakatomi Plaza, <laughs> moved to the suburbs of Chicago. I, I, I will say, you know, I, I do love Die Hard, but probably my favorite thing that has come about from Die Hard is the Bob's Burgers episode where Gene oh. writes Die Hard the Musical. And then, <laughs> and then basically his ex-girlfriend, her dad, writes um, Working Girl the Musical, and they end up like having this kind of face-off, and they end up combining them to make the musical Work Hard or Die Trying Girl. Right. And it's, it's a wonderful episode. <laughs> 
I love it because it's like a competing musical, and they keep like parents keep getting the word that there's a better musical going on downstairs. And downstairs, they're like sneaking the out. Underground musical. <laughs> Reginald Reginald Bell Johnson plays a cop in Die Hard, Family Matters, Ghostbusters, Die Hard Two, Turner and Hooch, oh, and wow. in the Die Hard video games. Oh wow! So apparently. Uh, Ghostbusters and Die Hard and Turner and Hooch and Family Matters all exist in the same, and he just keeps jumping from job to job. Probably. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah I'm that's, down with that's that. crazy. That's funny. But that, I don't they know, know where Turner much. and Hooch took place, but Ghostbusters is uh, New York, Die yeah. Hard's in L.A., and then yeah. Family Matters is Chicago. He's hopping all over the place. Yeah. Man. Well, he's a renegade cop who keeps being in the rad pl- bad, uh, the wrong place at the wrong time. That's like, true. Like John McClane, uh-huh. and, I, I, and he I, ends up with Urkel. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 blame Urkel I blame Urkel for everything. I, I, I think that I what know. happened was Urkel created a machine oh, that sent versions of Reginald Bell Johnson into alternate realities <laughs> where he's still a cop. We just wrote the best Family Matters fan fiction ever. <laughs> I'm oh pretty gosh. sure it's the only Family Matters fan fiction ever. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You know, I love how many true. times they destroyed that set, though. Like, oh, you yeah. know, it, they, like, drove cars through it mm-hmm. and, like, wrecked the kitchen. Oh, just, yeah, that's great. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Brady. So, I've, I've got some great shows, and I've got a lot of notes. So, I'm, I'm going to try to... Summarize. I'm going to try to summarize as much as possible. Well, don't skimp on the funny. So... Keep the funny. They... One of the best sitcoms of all time is undeniably The Office. And you're talking about the American version. The American version. Yeah. The, the, the British version is overrated. I, I'll, I'll really? just go out and say it. I didn't enjoy it as much. But maybe it's because I just... Uh, never mind. That's for another discussion. But anyway, The Office. And The Office always had great Christmas episodes. But their best Christmas episode was their first Christmas episode, which happened in season two. And, oh, it had so many wonderful moments to it. Um, So, basically, it it starts out, it starts out the episode, and they're doing a gift exchange, and it's Secret Santa, so everybody got gifts for other people, and, you know, you had... Jim had his very thoughtful gift for Pam. Oh, the teapot! With the teapot! That had, you know, that had things that reminded him of Pam, and and then a letter declaring his eternal love. Oh, it's so good! I'll get to that. And then you have all sorts of other gifts. Um, some of my favorites. Creed for his gift for Jim <laughs> forgot that he had to get a gift and just went to his closet and pulled out a shirt yeah. and gave it to Jim. <laughs> and that's what shot of Creed. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. It is my favorite, dude. He's funny. And it, it, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, you have Toby got Angela a picture of babies playing saxophones. <laughs> giant poster. Um, is she? She really loves it though, right? She does. Yeah. Or did, yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I forget if she hated it or if she no, loves it. No, she loves stuff like yeah, that. Okay. That's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar got Creed a shamrock keychain because he thinks he might be Irish. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you think about Creed. I think he's Irish. Are you gonna? Are you gonna uh, yeah. And, okay. and then my personal favorite <laughs> gift of all of them is Kevin, who had got himself for Secret Santa. I was supposed to tell somebody, but, but I, I didn't. didn't. <laughs> and he got himself a foot bath. 
<laughs> should have grabbed the eye. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and so, minutes. you know, in, in typical early office fashion, you have a very unlikable Michael. And I don't think oh. that Michael has ever been more unlikable than he was in this episode. Yeah, this was like... Worse than the gay witch hunt. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would think so. Um, and it all and it all spawns from you know earlier in that season he fired an employee and he ended up getting a huge bonus from it and even though there's a twenty dollar limit to the Secret Santa he decides to go all out and he gets an iPod for Ryan which is four hundred dollars yeah this is two thousand five yeah <laughs> and so he got this very expensive iPod and then Phyllis had Michael. And Aww. made him Aww. a homemade oven mitt. That looks and so, like, so when so Michael sweet. gets the homemade oven mitt after giving away the iPod, his reaction is, "How, how, how is this worth as much as an iPod?" <laughs> he throws a fit and he walks out and it's like, "I hate you so much." And yeah. he, it pans back to Phyllis, who's like. She just hurts. She turns oh. into sadness right there. That, that, right. That's the transition yeah. right there. I, ooh, I want to do so bad. And, oh, yeah, you she, know, I get the rest so, of it. So, so he, he decides so that he can get a better present to change it from Secret Santa to Yankee Swap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And so people are then trading presents. And, of course, people want the iPod because that's the expensive, cool thing. And they keep on fighting over that. Um, trading around for it. Michael is trying to get people to take the oven mitt away from him using his understanding of reverse psychology, <laughs> which is reverse psychology is when you take something that's dumb and then you convince people that it's not dumb by talking about how it is, but really it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Works like a charm. And then, of course, when somebody ends up taking the, taking the oven mitt, he goes... <laughs> and then Phyllis is sad again and hurt. Right. So. Yeah, and and oh, so and so then Michael storms off, and it does you know one of the one of the side interviews with him, and he goes, "Well, happy birthday, Jesus." Sorry, your party's so lame. <laughs> <laughs> and all of this, they can't have any booze at the party, which like he wasn't counting on, but is like shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, so like, he goes and he buys a bunch of booze anyway. Right, and everybody gets drunk, and there's a lot of drunk escapades, including <clears throat> decorating drunk passed out Packer, I love that. I love that. Kelly kissing Dwight, which which, <laughs> so which Angela sees and gets upset, and then goes outside and throws ornaments She's down on the ground and stomps on them, <laughs> screaming, which is wonderful because you never see that sort of thing from Angela. She's so weird. I love it. Kevin's copier butt. <laughs> what is that? He, he sat on the that? copier and took photocopies of his butt and was posting them around the office. And then Ryan goes up to him and goes, whose butt is that? And he goes, mine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course... Meredith flashing Michael. Oh, yeah. Can I his face? Oh. <laughs> 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 My favorite line in that whole episode, though, is we skipped over it when he's buying the booze. Michael Scott is so upset and he puts 15 bottles, these big old bottles of booze, <laughs> on the counter and he goes, 
I don't know, man. There's 20 people and I need to get them plastered. Is this enough? And the cashier goes, 15 bottles of vodka for 20 put for 20 employees. Yeah, I think that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, and then there there's two moments, two things from this episode oh, that pay off in later seasons. Oh. Um, the, the the first one. And this is something that I noticed just because I had recently rewatched the entire series. And in the episode where Michael leaves Scranton, where he leaves the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Spoiler it, alert. It, yeah. He, he leaves the show. And <laughs> Sorry, he, viewers. It was actually Listeners. kind of, it was actually kind of emotional for me as I was watching with what he wants from Phyllis is something that's knitted. And so, you know, thinking about how Michael is right oh, there, oh, why with how he is in season God, two, and I might just, cry right now, guys. You you see such a growth in Michael, you really do throughout mm-hmm. the seasons, and you know nothing shows it better than that. They teach him mm-hmm. to be human. See, yeah. I gave up after Jim and Pam got together because I was like, well, what's the point? <laughs> and then the other moment is when so Pam ends up getting the teapot. And while she's looking at everything, Jin steals the letter of his undying love in his back pocket. And then in the final season, second to last episode, he puts together a montage of their love for Pam. And then Pam sees him take that letter. And then she asks what's in it, and he had the letter. And so she finally got to read it in the second to last episode of the entire series. Yeah. And it's just such a, it's such a great payoff. But it all, all of these great emotional moments come from this one Christmas episode that you hate Michael in, but has such greater meaning. And that's why really The Office is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. You know, even in the worst seasons, because you could say that those payoffs for those moments were both in subpar seasons, but those moments were still amazing. Right. Sorry, I just have him going, oh, after Meredith flashes. <laughs> it's such a funny noise and face that he makes, and he still takes a picture. <laughs> he's like, you ready to go? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and then, okay, let's go. Anyway, Curtis. Oh, my, oh, okay. my second thing is probably... I'm just going to go ahead and... Oh, actually... So, that episode also brings up something in me. Can I talk about something I don't like about Christmas? Like, don't like... Yeah, yeah. but we're going to call you Ebenezer for okay. the whole rest of the no, day. No, white elephant gifts. In in Yankee Swamp, we call it white elephants. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing, I think, is dumb and stupid and totally misses the point of giving gifts. And it's this game that giving gifts turns into that... Is stealing things and it's very impersonal, and then people want you to give to the poor, right? <laughs> no, oh, I, I, I hate it. no, it's I hate just it. it's not yeah. a gag. Like I gave away yeah. free comic book day comics. I read them and I was like, mm, okay. One time I actually got a little white ceramic elephant. The problem is people. And I gave it away to a white elephant. Unless they're all <laughs> gag gifts. Mm. Then that's when it kind of gets a little bit dumb. Because if people mm. like put in really genuine gifts, and then there's that one or two people who put in really nice crap, and the rest of that's everybody true. else Why is like cleaning supplies. <laughs> Can I tell you my favorite white elephant gift that I got somebody? I had well, I guess it wasn't white elephant, but my uncle Steve is the biggest prude I have ever met. He has the personality of a cardboard box. You know, he can hear this. Podcast. Right, right. Okay. But he won't because he's too lame. Um, 
But anyway, I got him the shampoo and conditioner bottles that looked like boobs. And you stick them with suction cups to the wall, and then you squeeze them to get the shampoo and the conditioner out. Oh, and that's what I gave him for Christmas one year. Did he year. appreciate it? He laughed. I was like, wow. Because okay. underneath, underneath, underneath every prude is someone who appreciates a boob joke. Right? <laughs> no, that's hey, what we did at White Elephant where someone gave away a mug that it was a boob. And it was like, the person who wrapped it was like praying that one person got it, and they did. And it was like, oh, thank goodness. Because they didn't know how the joke would play with anybody else. Right. And I think that there was actually a hole in the boob. So it was like, yeah. I started down this road, and I didn't know where it would end, and now we're here. Boobs are only funny to guys. Anyway. Sorry. No, I, I hate me some white elephant. I hate it. It's, it's awful. You're talking about like the trading no, kind of white Yeah, elephant, and I right? hate, I do not like it. Because the thing is, is I have a very large family on my mom's side of the family. And if any of you guys are listening, yeah, you're, you're welcome for my opinion. Anyway, they we used to give gifts. We'd pick a cousin and everybody would get to give a gift. And it was very personal. It was a lot of fun. And then suddenly one year we switched to White Elephants and it wasn't special anymore. Hmm. Because now everybody's getting gag gifts and I got like candles and whitey, whitey tidies. No, ha ha. Merry Christmas. And they don't really match up. And one of the things, then this is going to be the little bit... So the story was told to me by my friend Ron, who is, if you guys ever had, a, like, a Mr. Miyagi in your life, he was my Mr. Miyagi. Hmm. And uh, he told me a story about a man who worked in Mine Africa. Was Pat Molina, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pat, Thanks, Morita. He, uh, he, he, uh, he told me a story about this man who was working in Africa, and I've read several versions of this story, and this is just the way it was told to me, and this is the version I like. Dang it! <laughs> anyway, so uh, he, he tells a story about a man who was a missionary in Africa and who was teaching this, this African tribe of people about Christmas and about gift-giving. And he also felt very homesick. He'd been there for about a year, and he, everybody else, you know, it was around Christmas time. and He was teaching these students, and for a couple of days before Christmas, there was this one student... And his family that was missing from the village, just gone. Christmas morning wakes up, he feels very sad, he goes outside and opens his door, and there's this seashell, about the size of a baseball. It's the most beautiful seashell he's ever seen in his entire life, and they are hundreds of miles from an ocean. Hundreds of miles. And he looks at this seashell, and he goes back to school, and the teacher, and this student whose family had been gone for all this time, comes up to him and says, did you like your gift? And he says... It's beautiful and I love it, but you didn't have to go all that way. And the student stops him and he says, no. Long walk, part of gift. Hmm. White elephant has no long walk. Hmm. The gift is meaningless. Right. Hence, I don't like white elephant. <laughs> and hence, Michael Scott turning that into white elephant changed the special teapot into a gag for everybody else. Yay! Guess what? Yankee Swap! Go ahead, Emily. Well, now that we're sorry all... to get all down, dude, but uh, no, I, I, I'm sorry, man. I do not like White Elephant. Go ahead, Emily. But you love me. I do. This is my fiance. I talk about him a lot. Aww. Sorry I'm to get real. That was not fun. That was what not did fun. she anyway. say? I'm your ex fiance. Just rub it in my face, Emily. I'm just kidding. He's not my ex-fiance. Oh, gosh. I was like, whoa. No, no, no. Really? I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> my wife came When did this happen, Nate? <laughs> my last fiance was like Justin Timberlake when I was five. Okay. okay. And that was in my dreams. Go ahead. Or my diary. Anyway, The Holiday, starring Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, and Jack Black, is one of my favorite holiday movies. But really, I can watch it every day. Like, I have it. Curtis knows that I watch it. 
and I will watch it any, any old time. There's so many wonderful qualities about this movie. For those of you who have never seen it, sorry, John. I know you're really... No, no. <laughs> Go on. You, you should see John fidgeting right now in his chair. It's pretty interesting. You don't like so, the movie? It's okay. It's not- uh, no, we'll it's not there. my turn. Okay. We're playing the love date game. No, 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 no. Emily, I respect Emily. Emily's giving John a white elephant gift of the holiday. That's what's going to happen. Briefly, so Kate Winslet plays this woman who... The movie's kind of all about love. Christmas is kind of a subplot of it, but... Kate Winslet is has this unrequited love with this guy... And it turns out they, they dated secretly for a while, and then they broke up, but he still, like, wanted to spend time with her. And now he's getting engaged to another woman, so she's completely distraught. While in California, Cameron Diaz is married to a guy who has just cheated on her with his receptionist. So they've now broken up. She's super stressed about everything, and she's just like, I really need to get away. She finds Kate Winslet's home on a home exchange website, and they get to talking and decide to switch places for two weeks. So for about... Christmas. So Kate Winslet comes to California, um, meets Jack Black, who's this really charming guy who's dating this actress, and she also meets this older gentleman who was a director in, like, the really, really old age of Hollywood. Like, he's got tons of awards. There's one scene where she walks into his house, and he's got all these awards along the wall, and she sees an Oscar, and she's like, oh my god, this guy's important. And she develops this friendship with him, and that's really cute. And then... She also ends up kind of falling in love with Jack Black, and that's also very cute. And he's that's like the most charming role I've ever seen Jack Black in. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and in England, where Kate Winslet lives and Cameron Diaz is now, she runs into Jude, Jude Law, who is Kate Winslet's brother in the movie. And then they sleep together, and then they... You know, true love. Well, you know. <laughs> and then things happen, and they fall in love, and it's just really, really cute. And it's all happening during Christmas time, so it's not really a Christmas movie. John, tell me Aww. how you feel. Aww. So, so how about, John, let's not have you talk about the holiday, because we, we want to keep this positive vibe going. Do you need to express It's not something. a bad movie. Okay. It's not a great movie. It's not bad. Do you just feel like it's been shoved down your throat? I feel like <laughs> my wife, if she saw Jude Law, and I was standing next to Jude Law falling off of a cliff, she would talk at my funeral about how nice Jude Law was when she <laughs> asked for his autograph. <laughs> And who could blame her? She's pretty gorgeous. You ask a hundred people, and ninety-nine out of them will say, "Well, yeah, you got to go for the Jude Law handshake." You know, (laughs) I don't. I just don't care for Cameron Diaz in the movie. It's it's cute. It's fine. It's just uh, like you know. Anyway, so John, you're next. I I don't want to crap on it. I just. It just it just comes up a lot in my house, is what I'm That's saying. That's because your wife is a brilliant woman. She is. That's why I married her. <laughs> Charlie Brown Christmas. Yay! Yay! I, I have a friend who I have a friend who considers 
it, it, he says it's not Christmas until he sees Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. And he might own it, but I don't think he ever intentionally watches it. It just comes up on TV, and he's like, okay, now it's Christmas. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I feel about uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, we used to have a, a, a tape of all the Christmas shows. Like, one, one night, like, one Christmas, my mom was just, like, ready at the VCR and caught, like, every single... Christmas week, we have an animated Night Before Christmas, we have the Looney Tunes, we have Mickey Christmas Carol, mm -hmm. we have Frosty the Snowman, we have Garfield Christmas, mm -hmm. even New Kids on the Block. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, that's when she filmed it. <laughs> it was like right... <laughs> Woo! Hello. So, one of those was uh, uh, um, Charlie Brown Christmas, It's Wonderful. Um, this is the first Charlie Brown Christmas special. It... Um, broke many of the rules. This is this is just from IMDb. I have a book of all of these things. It was uh, written by uh, Bill Melendez and um, one of the other creators of the special. But mm -hmm. there was no laugh track. Children's voices were used instead of adult voice actors, mm -hmm. and they actually let biblical references used. Uh, used to illustrate uh -huh. the meaning mm -hmm. of Christmas. The network didn't want it. Yeah, yeah. they tried to talk uh, Charles Schultz out of it. That's what I'm saying. Schultz mm -hmm. reportedly won, won over Bill Melendez by saying, if we don't do it, who will? Mm -hmm. And it turned out Linus's recitation is hailed as one of the most powerful moments of the highly acclaimed special. Definitely. We, we read Luke 2 as a family every Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, several of us in the family speak different languages. We'll read a verse or so in uh, that language that we speak. It's really special. And in my voice, I'm like, Linus reads it better than anyone in this room. <laughs> it's always like, that's when I read it, when I'm reading the Bible, and I see, oh, Luke chapter 2. This is the story of uh, the birth of Christ. Yeah. I hear Linus's voice. It's such a great performance. Mm -hmm. um, this is something I just read today that I found really interesting. During his speech, Linus, who is well known to be dependent on his security blanket, actually lets go of it when he recites these words, mm -hmm. Fear not, for behold, I bring good tidings of great it joy. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. It's just really special. So, and and, and it, I think, I don't know if this did it first or if every Christmas special is the same. It's always like, oh, no, we don't have the true meaning of Christmas. What will we do? Wait, here it is. And Charlie Brown finds it with his little tree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, Linus says, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Yeah. Just like, it's so it's, special. Yeah, it's and awesome. it, that's really, I mean, that's, it's so that's what it is. Like, you yeah. get caught up in, like, the shopping and the, oh, we got to, you know, go visit these relatives. And, oh, I don't want to go to visit those relatives, but we have to. And, you know. Mm -hmm. N not me. I like my relatives. You know. yeah. They're funny. Um, <laughs> even if they're crazy, they're funny. Right. Uh, but oh, this is really what yeah. it all boils down to. It's That's why right. we have Christmas. You know what's funny is I do a lot of uh, theater acting. And um, last Christmas we did a Charlie Brown Christmas. But our script was like taken straight from the transcript of oh, the yeah. TV show. So like it was like 25 minutes long. So like we had to add. Like we went through tons of December comics of Peanuts. And actually recreated that's like cool. some of those. And then we sang more Christmas carols, yeah, I love, and it was like I love the, dance, I, the dance number. Yeah. Like, I've memorized all the dance numbers. Yeah, I was yeah. Linus. The, the Frankenstein. The Frankenstein one. Yeah, I, was, I actually played Linus, oh, really? and he does this thing where he does like an air hump. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm just talking about this animated song. classic, <laughs> and you just ruined you it for me. Sorry. Hey, you, hey, hey, did you kill Santa too? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. No, I'm Did sorry. you run over my grandmother with a reindeer? <laughs> that was you. No, I'm sorry. Thanks. I'm sorry that I Thanks. got in there, but no, I I don't think I've ever felt the Christmas spirit more than when I whenever I recited those lines. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, as as Linus in the show, and I mean, yeah, I mean, even though the Christmas time is here, it makes it sound like a suicidal. I like this. Death like note, but song. it's pretty. It's got pretty lyrics, but the song it's is kind of, of sad sounding. Every, every time that I hear it, I just think, "Where the f are my hard boiled eggs?" <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, but no, John, I don't mean to like make fun of it. But it's it really it's no, my, beautiful. I love my nieces. My oldest niece is on my side of the family. My wife's side of the family, there's like a thousand kids. Mm-hmm. My side of the family, there are twin nieces that my sister had first, oldest grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And they loved all the Christmas movies when they were like, uh, before they turned three, they were really little. And they memorized, like, you know, you, a kid watches a show a thousand times, they're going to recite the lines. Yeah. My wife is taking one of them out of her high chair. She looks up at my wife in the eye and quoting this movie goes, I ought to slug you. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So we have, oh. you know, little Lucy's out there. Yeah. It's a wonderful... I, I can't wait to look to. I look forward to watching it again. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, my next one is also animated, and I can't believe this hasn't come up yet, but uh, the animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I thought it's, about that later, and it's... It's, yeah. it's it's way up there. It's not Christmas for me unless I've seen How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the, the animated one. It was also... It was, yeah, it's drawn by Chuck Jones, who did oh, a lot Jones of the... Uh, the a lot of the Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really dislike the Jim Carrey movie, even though Jim, Jim Carrey was pretty funny in it. I just, I hated all the added crap they put in, like the love triangle with the mayor and oh. the girl, <laughs> and then just showing... So? Ron, Ron Howard has directed that, and yeah, Kurt Howard like, is in it. How dare you? Right, no. Ron, and Kurt Howard, Howard didn't even need any makeup to be a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, here it comes. He's yeah, going to make the I, joke. Yeah, it's coming in. No, but I think yeah, that's yeah. Ron Howard's worst movie. I, For me, personally, I think it's Ron Howard's anyway, worst movie. Yeah, anyway, yeah, anyway but we're not talking about that. We're focusing on Christmas and the positive bit. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. When I was little... I was terrified of the Grinch. The yeah. very first time it shows him and he's leaning against his cave with the toothpick, uh-huh. and like that scared the crap out of me. Like every year. Boris Karloff was reading. Yeah, it. and then Boris right? Karloff yeah. is like narrating it. Oh my gosh! But like, yeah, I watch it every year, probably twice a year, around Christmas time. But um, it's just a great story. It, it um, I just I love how he realizes that Christmas isn't about getting receiving presents and stuff, but. You know, it's it's a lot more than that. It's a feeling. It's something to celebrate. You know, and um, still I don't know. I just <laughs> yeah, they're still singing. That. And that they're singing without tags. <laughs> and poor Max, you <laughs> yeah. with the reindeer. <laughs> I love it, and like it goes. Like I've read, you know, the book itself isn't quite long, and it's you know the same words and right. like that. But like the little Chuck Jones bits mm-hmm. fit really well with the story and mm-hmm. make it better. And like those, you know, little gags were like, he can't find Max and he looks and Max is on the back of the sleigh. Yeah. And he's like waving, waving. at him and he yanks the thing. Yeah. And he throws <laughs> him out of the Just, you know, little, oh man. Like, oh, uh, so great. Mm-hmm. Could do it this and so could the Grinch. That, oh, we, oh, and I think that that's why I have a little problem with uh, claustrophobia is like when he got stuck in the he, chimney. The I'm like, great. Yeah. You can feel it. Can feel like, I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, am I getting out of this? And then he like gets down and steals everything. Mm-hmm. So. Now, who knows? Boris Karloff narrated right. and, and did the voice of the Grinch. Who knows about who sang the song? It was the guy who did the... They're great! The That's Tony, right. Tony yeah. the okay. Tiger. Sorry, Rock wrong room to like throw out that trivia because it's obvious to everyone in here. <laughs> <laughs> Thurl Ravenscroft, I believe. Is yeah. Mr. You're a mean, mean one. Mr. Grinch. They're so great! The Rockapella version of that song is awesome. Yeah. Rockapella. <laughs> 1990! Where, where in the world? Wow. Where 
I watched I watched that show religiously. Like just and like ran downstairs and like knocked people out of my way and like yeah, sorry. Weird flashback. Anyway, so my next one is the California Raisins Christmas. Just oh my god, I love that! Holy cow, I'm a That was the last bus. So call me a cab. Hey man, you're a cab. You watch that movie. That's the exact quote. They, they, oh, sorry, that was on our Christmas tape growing up. The California Raisins. Oh goodness. No, it's not. It's one of the best Simpsons episodes of all time. Marge, be not proud. Oh, so good. So much feels. I, Sorry, like, go ahead. So anyway, th- this episode is great, and you know, usually I'm not a fan of Bart-centric episodes, especially, especially in the earlier seasons. They just don't play off as well as, say, the Homer-centric episodes. Right. Do the Bartman. <laughs> yeah. I had that cassette tape, The Simpsons Sing the Blues, and it had all the rap oh, songs. Man. Oh man. But anyway, so l- let me take you on a little journey. Through this, through this episode, so it starts off with a crusty Christmas special. Yep. Called a crusty kind of Christmas, oh, and it starts off. The Jewish it cloud. It starts off with a sponsorship, and I had to write this down exactly <laughs> because it's wonderful. Brought to you by ILG, selling your body parts after you die, and by Little Sweetheart Cupcakes. A subsidiary of ILG. <laughs> and, and so, of course, you know, um, Lisa brings up, but I thought Krusty was Jewish. And Bart goes, Christmas is a time where people of all religions come together to worship Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful line. Right. <laughs> and then it comes on with a commercial for your classic 90s style video game Bone Storm <laughs> right. as Santa Claus busts through the wall Kool-Aid Man style with a bazooka and says stuff this up your stocking <laughs> and shoots the video game right into the system and oh it is so 90s I absolutely love it so anyway, Bart obviously really wants this video game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's walk he asks his mom and his mom says no. Right. And so he's walking by the comic book store one day and sees Bone Storm, 99 cents. And then he goes in to try to buy it and then of course, you know, that's the rental price mm-hmm. and the comic book guy wouldn't give it to him, but he had plenty of rentals of Lee Carvalho's putting challenge available. <laughs> so then he goes over to Millhouse's house. Well, where Millhouse is playing. I, I was going to say, I believe his name is Thrillhouse. Yeah, playing Storm. <laughs> and you see, you know, like his hair flying back. He's like, this is amazing. And all that I've done is enter my name. Yeah. Thrillhouse. <laughs> and, it, and it just says Thrillho. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. And then Bart asks if he can play. And of course, you know, Millhouse doesn't want to share. And he goes, no, it's only one player. And then Bart goes, then why does it say second player start? Milhouse looks around for a second and goes, Mom, Bart's swearing! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then you have, and then you have, you know, Mrs. Van Houten leading Bart out the door as Bart is actually swearing. And yeah. like, Damn it, I didn't swear! <laughs> Isn't she, like, yanking his yeah. ear? Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, so then he goes to the, then he goes to the store, and he sees the game, and oh, he really wants it. And his thought is maybe if I just go buy the games and look sad, someone will buy it for me, because that's ten year old logic. <laughs> um, and and then of course he sees the local bullies and their shoplifting. You know, I love how Jimbo has a football in his hat, yeah. and Nelson has a vest, exactly like his vest that he has, <laughs> under his vest. Right. Shoplifting is a victimless crime, like punching someone in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so then... And so then Bart considers... And so then Bart considers shoplifting the game, and you see... The Mario Brothers, Simpson style. Oh, Barth. Louie. <laughs> and then Donkey Kong. Oh, it's the game company's fault for making you want it so much. <laughs> and then Lee Carvalho comes on and says, Don't do it, son. How is that game going to help your putting? <laughs> and then Sonic comes on. Just kick it. Take it, take it, take it, take it. <laughs> It's actually not far from how those commercials were. Right. Yeah, pretty actually, much. I think I still have the theme song stuck in my head from the 91. <clears throat> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And so, of course, Bart takes it. Now, before I go on to the rest of the episode, I do have to bring up some of the games that it shows in that cabinet. Okay. So we have Swim Meat, Canasta Master, <laughs> Operation Rescue, a streetcar named Death. <laughs> I would watch that play. And, and, and my personal favorite game of all of them, Save Hitler's Brain. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, so of course, you know, he gets caught, and he gets taken into the security office, and, you know, the very gruff security guard shows him a tape that's Troy McClure. And, of course, every time that you see Troy McClure, you have to have... You have to have some amazing things that he's been in. So you may remember him in such programs like Designated Drivers, The Life-Saving Nerds, (laughs) (laughs) and Phony Tornado tornado Alarms Reduce Readiness. (laughs) And then he goes back to ancient times where he talks about how, how in shoplifting, these would actually pick up the size of a shop to reach the sweet olives within. <laughs> oh, sh- oh, Shakadermish, will you ever learn? <laughs> and so then, you know, then the security officer calls Bart's parents, and you hear his conversation going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, Bart was caught shoplifting today, uh-huh, yeah. Well, try to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Turns out it was the answering machine. So then you have Bart, of course, trying to get home to take the answering machine tape out. And he's, you have him riding his bike. Uh, let me see, where is it? Gotta change that answering machine tape. Machine tape. Dear God, gotta change that tape. And then you see Homer driving by. Gotta change Maggie. Dear God, gotta change Maggie. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna watch. Like we're I'm watching really it right now. I need to go home yeah. and watch it right and, now. And, and so then, then Homer goes and he notices that there's a message on the answering machine. So he goes and he hits play and it goes, "Hello, mother. Hello, father. Here I am in 
Camp Granada. And he goes, Marge, is Lisa at Camp Granada? Crowbar <laughs> obviously made the switch. Hey, we didn't have a we didn't have a message on our answering machine when we left. How very odd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. And so, you know, of course, Bart, you know, Bart is, you know, feeling this guilt for trying to steal this game. And, you know, Didn't he his... get kicked out of the mall, like, permanently or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, from, uh, from the try and save. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so... See, little things like and that. So, and so, Bart, and, and so, you know, the next day, Bart's feeling great. You know, I got away with this crime. And my parents don't even know about it. And then Marge goes... I think that we need to go and get our pictures taken at the try and save. Yeah. And then you see steam coming out of Bart's ears. And then it turns out that Marge just had teapots on behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Two teapots because he's the opposite direction. That's how you do it. Um, and then Bart thinks about his, about life in Juby. And, you know, everyone's going and getting their Christmas presents. And, cool, a book of carpet samples. And then Bart, oh, a soiled wig. And then you have the guy who's giving away the gifts. Merry Christmas. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, and then, so, of course, you know, he gets he gets caught, and his parents find out what happened, and then Homer gives him a talking to when they get home. Haven't you learned anything from that guy in church? Captain, what's his name? <laughs> and, then, and then my first favorite line of his right there. Why do you think I? Why do you think I took in all of these police academy movies for fun? Well, I didn't hear anyone laughing. Did you? Except for that guy who made sound of the noises. Where was it? Oh yeah, stay out of my booze. <laughs> and so Marge comes to the decision that you know Bart's growing up and he needs to learn how to fend for himself a little bit. And so the next day they're having hot cocoa and. She didn't put a marshmallow in Bart's cup, and so oh, Bart grabs so a marshmallow and he puts it in, and then the marshmallow just sucks up all the hot cocoa and turns into just this big cup-sized thing that he takes out and in, and he slices oh, off slices yeah. of the <laughs> Then he goes back over to Milhouse's house, and you know he notices Bone Storm's just sitting there. He's like, "Are are you? Why aren't you playing Bone Storm?" And Milhouse goes, "Ah, oh, yeah, I got bored with that." What I'm really into is this cup and ball now. See, watch. Oh, oh, there it is. Almost got it. Almost got it. And then Bart tries to go for it. And then, oh then Bart tries to actually go for it. And then, you know, they fight over it for a little bit. And then, of course, Millhouse yells, Mom, Bart's smoking. <laughs> and then we have another little scene of... You know, Bart being taken out by the ear, and then, and then he, then he convinces Milhouse's mom to let him spend time with her, and then, you know, after some boring stuff, he just looks at her and goes, in a very poignant moment, tell me I'm good. And then he goes guys. back, and then he goes back home, and his family is making a snowman family, and. They didn't make one for Bart, and there wasn't any snow left. He left a bunch so of he had some to... snow under the car for you. Yeah. Oh, no. So he had to use the Awful. snow from under the car, the dirty snow. <coughs> and, you know, it's just a very sad moment, and, you know, Marge is upset, and Bart's upset. And so Bart goes, you know, there's only one thing I can do when you see him go back to the train safe. And 
it turns out that he got his mom a picture of him because he wasn't able to be in the family picture and it was a very you know just this amazingly it's sweet so moment touching. that mm-hmm. you don't really get in modern simpsons like right you, no. like you do in try this to be family episode. guy yeah exactly Ugh. and then you end the episode with i asked the clerk which game every boy wants and she got him Lee Carvalho's button. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, both are? Yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then the closer, so. the closer at, over the, over the end credits is him playing Lee Carvalho's putting cha- challenge. And it's, you have chosen a three wood. Might I suggest a putter? <laughs> Choose your power level. I suggest feather clutch. You have entered Power drive. <laughs> I hit the ball into the, into the parking lot. Anyway, oh man, that that episode is so full of feels, and I know that yeah. I pretty much just gave absolutely everything that happens in that episode. But it is amazing it's and great. Really, if you want to see why The Simpsons is one of the greatest shows of all time, that is a great place to start. You know, the very first Simpsons episode ever was the Simpsons Christmas special. And even that had some great stuff in it. On like, the Tracy Ullman show like that? No, no. Well, no. well the first, like, full-length oh, oh, okay, episode. Okay. But one where, of my where they got Santa's little helper. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite parts in is Homer's trying to become a mall Santa. And everybody's in, and they're like, ho, 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 ho. And then Homer asks, he goes, when do we get paid for this? And they go, not a dime till Christmas Eve. And then everybody's like, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. And then Bart yanks his beard off, like when he sits on his right. lap, and he's like Homer. So anyway, and then they he takes his two hundred bucks to the dog track and loses it, but Santa's little helper's getting kicked out of dog mm-hmm. racing, and they take oh. Santa's little helper home. Anyway, so that's enough Simpsons. Anyway, okay, Curtis. Okay, so my last one is going to be about, uh, or this one is going to be about weird family traditions. Um, so every year on Thanksgiving, one of the things that my family does. Everybody else watches, like, the, the parade, and then goes and eats. We don't go to eat anywhere until the dog show is over. We watch the dog show like people watch the Super Bowl. We're sitting there with our tally cards of which one's best in the toy breed, you know what I mean? Because we have, we have poodles, and so we're those kind of dog people. And so we actually enjoy it. And uh, so for Christmas, it's another one. Every year on Christmas since 1979, there's been a broadcast on ESPN or on a sports network. This year, I think it's actually on travel, funny enough, of the World's Strongest Man competition. Nice. And because we're talking about things we like about Christmas and like things around Christmas, nothing is better than watching men pick up cars, get all sweaty and some... Because it's always done. It's always, like, the the competition is always done in, like, June or July somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and it just like, airs on Christmas. And it just airs on Christmas. So we already know who's going to win. It's Brian right. Shaw. Go USA. Um, probably one of the strongest men ever. He's six foot eight, 400 and something pounds. Jeez. These guys are huge. They're giants and bung giants. And, uh, yeah, so weird family traditions, funny enough. Uh, that's that's one of them, and I enjoy it. So you like watching year. big sweaty men on Christmas? Yes. It's better than the ABC Family Christmas special. It's true. Yes. 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 It's it's, oh, it's actually, and now this crap that's going on every Christmas for these these musicals. This year it was The Wiz. Last year, it yeah. Was, sound of it's like just crap. But you know, yeah. I, I I've actually heard that The Wiz was the best one that they've done. So really, mm-hmm. I don't I didn't want to watch it. I like the Wiz. But yeah, so I that's weird family traditions. I think that that one's probably one of the weirdest. Definitely. Um, and I love it every year. 
I, I, I talk about one of my family traditions that involves my dad fainting, but we'd be here for another half an hour. So I'll, 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 I'll have to tell you guys about it later. I love that story. I, I love that story, too. I love that story. Because now when I read that, it it's like it makes me laugh because I, I, I hear your version of the story. Oh, man. Anyway, Emily. Um, I wanted to talk about the movie A Wish for Wings That Work. Have any of you guys seen that? Uh-uh. I read nope. the book. It's this. It's about this penguin named Opus who he he really really wants to fly, and so it was originally a children's book. And that same year they released an animated special. It's not very long, but he eventually buys this contraption that's supposed to help him fly, but he ends up not being able to do it. There's this thing happening right now that's so funny. We have a Mountain Dew like a, a like a big pack, a twelve pack of Mountain Dew cans, and. All of the gentlemen in the room are trying so very quietly to get a can out of the pack without <laughs> making noise. I would have yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah, we... It's like the ultimate game of Jenga. Yeah, I, was, I was winning it too. Okay, so anyway, go back to Emily. Sorry, Emily. Uh, Emily's thing. Sorry, now that Emily. we've established it's that. Ber- it's Berkeley. Breath? Wait, hold on. Hold on. The guy who's... Yeah. I think that's his name. Uh, this show is sponsored oh, by Mountain Dew. Oh my gosh, this is like the worst <laughs> podcast sin is like, you know, the background noises. Uh, just hit the table some more and do that kind of stuff. Right. Anyway, two on two. so he he wants to fly, he buys this contraption, but he doesn't end up getting to fly, and so he makes a wish for wings that work. You know what I mean? He wants to fly, because he's a penguin and penguins can't fly. He runs into Santa Claus and ends up saving Santa Claus. And so Santa gives him a gift on Christmas, and these ducks come and pick him up and he flaps and he flies and it's Aww. just really cute. That is cute. And I I haven't I haven't seen this movie in a lot of years, but that's one thing that I remember about Christmas that was weird for a lot of other people cuz none of my friends had seen it cuz it is a Christmas movie, but it's not one that's on TV or anything like that, really. So, it's just one that I like that's really special for me. I just me. have one question for you. Is there like big sweaty Latvians? Like, I'm sorry. The penguin looks like Jude Law. There you go. <laughs> yes. And I mean, like, Robin Williams does a voice in the movie. Dustin Hoffman does a voice oh, in the what? movie. Yeah, wow. it's a thing that these guys were in and nobody's seen it. So you should all watch it. Interesting. Okay, thanks. Bye. A Wish for Wings? A Wish for Wings that work. For wings that work. Yeah, now we know something to go watch. <laughs> Congratulations, listeners. The only people who probably have seen this movie are my family members, but that's okay. No, they're all going to go out and find it now. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's yeah. true. All four of them. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> I love you so much hey, right now. But Aldo, Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Aldo, Steven, Brady's mom. <laughs> hey, Curtis of the future. What up? <laughs> John, are you at work? I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> A little bit more overtime. Just think of the money. Money, okay. money, money. John. So this is a movie we've all seen. It's on every year. It actually plays for 24 hours. Ernest Saves Christmas. Yes! <laughs> yes! No. If your TV is playing Ernest Saves Christmas Ernest for 20 hours in a row, then fix your cable. Right. <laughs> Go find the person at Comcast who did that to you right? and exact And revenge. it is Comcast. <laughs> it's got to be Comcast. It's better than Ernest Goes to Jail. No, no, no. That's hey, stupid. Hey. Hey. Tom. That's true. <laughs> I love That's actually Ernest one of the first camp, movies that I was like, can I go see it in the theater? My parents were probably like, 
oh boy, like Ghostbusters just came out, and this kid wants to go see Ernest. Yeah, <laughs> I liked Ernest Goes to Camp. I'm a dork that oh, way. Oh man, that one always made me so sad. The song yeah. that he's singing to his turtle. You yeah. Like that? Oh. yeah. Anyway, away from Ernest. I'm talking about a Christmas story. Yay! 1983. Yay! Uh, I'm partial to this movie, not just because it's the greatest Christmas movie ever. It takes place in, in uh, Indiana. Terre Haute, Indiana? No. Hammond. They talk about Terre Haute. Oh. One of the characters mispronounces it once. Oh. Terre Haute smells like uh, boiled eggs. This oh, is a sulfur right. smell. It's, that's right. It's gross. That's in southern Indiana. This is like the near Chicago, like that. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, Oh, thank goodness we're still recording. We don't want to miss a minute of my confusion. Um, Are we still recording? So, Gene, this is from Gene Shepard's book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. <laughs> um, it's actually a collection of short stories that he wrote for Playboy in the 60s. It also came from another short story collection, Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories and Other Disasters. So, he was a radio personality, wrote articles like that, and this is where it comes from. Classic movie, um... I I love how it's a series of vignettes, you know, mm -hmm. it, and it works as a movie that's on for 24 hours because you'll you'll sit down and watch a scene while it's just kind of playing in the background mm -hmm. when it, while Christmas is going on, and you'll see the part where you know Flick gets his his tongue stuck to the pole, from mm -hmm. the, the triple dog dare. <laughs> you'll come back and Scott Farkas is going to beat him all up, and then oh oh wait, <laughs> Peter and the Wolf playing in the background. <laughs> 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 yellow eyes. <laughs> so healthy, he had yellow, yellow eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love that movie. Just Ralphie, uh, you know, he's also in another classic Christmas movie. I don't know if we've, we're going to get to it later, but uh, Ralph Billingsley, or uh, Peter Billingsley, plays an elf in Elf. Yes. Uh -huh. What's that? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I thought you were going to go. This is a pointer finger of understanding. Okay. Yep. Yes. Which that blew yeah. my mind when I was like, oh, it's the same. It's really cool. He's the one who's so checking on how many uh, edge of sketches that Will Ferrell made. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, oh man, that is such a wonderful movie. It I is. It is. It's and like inst like it's. Oh, I guess it's twelve years old now. But like as soon as it came out, it was like, yes, this is a movie that I will watch every year on Christmas. This is, yeah. this is a classic. Yeah. This is the movie that will make my family like Will Ferrell. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it tied in. I love how it tied in like the the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer like claymation stuff. Uh -huh. with yes. the, the puffin and the Arctic puffin and bye, <laughs> bye, bye, buddy. bye buddy. Hope you find your dad. Thanks, Mister Norwell. Anyway, so Christmas story. Christmas story is wonderful. It's hilarious. Uh, Ralphie wants a Red Ryder BB gun, and is going to do his best to get it. And everyone is against him. And the old man who is you know kind of the the rough character and. Fight stuff for my father worked in profanities the other way. Other artists worked in oilless and clay. It's true medium. And then he goes he goes, My father is waving a so, tapestry of profanity that's somewhere in space hanging above Lake Michigan. That's my favorite line. Some men are Baptists, some are Catholics. My father was an Oldsmobile man. Yeah. <laughs> now I heard that word twelve times a day. My father's a, the, one of the most feared furnace fighters in all of northern Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's like, oh, it's a clinker, and he runs down the stairs, and you hear him like walk, and then like, boom, he just falls. He's like, dang, skates. He just, <laughs> and um, oh, man. and like the leg lamp, which oh. I'm really sad because I had a plug-in nightlight that broke. It was the leg. It was a leg lamp, and the oh. the lamp separated from the leg part, so oh. I have a leg somewhere, and I have this little light bulb with a weird shade on. Yes, it. Yes, statue. statue. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Only one thing could tear us away from the glow of electric, electric sex. sex in the window. Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> the, whole, the whole neighborhood was turned on. Just a, oh, a hilarious man. movie. It's, I don't know, it doesn't get old for me. No, it doesn't get old and for me. And it's one either. of those where, like, if like, you got to watch it like, a million times at Christmas. And yeah. it's not really Christmas until, you know, that's one of the movies that you watch. So. Oh, right. definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know what else there is to say about it. It's great. Yeah. So, uh, my last one is one we watch all the time at Christmas. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh. <laughs> if that cat had nine lives, he just spent the ball, right? <laughs> so what happens... I had to. It had to happen. So what happens is their cat drags some Christmas lights underneath the couch and starts chewing them, and all of a sudden... You hear this wow, and this big flame just shoots out. <laughs> that, that is one of the funniest part of the movie, and it, like the whole movie, and like the, the, oh my god! So, oh, and I love when he like greases the sled or greases oh. the little saucer, and he goes like, "Hold on, I was down. just I love what Eddie says right there, and I was gonna look it up because oh. he's just like he's so bingo, stupid. yeah." <laughs> Because they're like trying to oh, set the Randy world record, Quaid. and it um, references one of the earlier stuff. We're gonna have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing, Bing Crosby dance with Danny Sleeping K. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't go put none of that stuff on my sled, Clark. You know that metal piece in my head. I had to have it replaced because every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who it was. For <laughs> <half hour. laughs> Over at the VA, <laughs> I had to replace it with plastic. It ain't as strong, so I don't know if I should go sailing down no hill with nothing but the ground between the ground of my brains, but a piece of government plastic. <laughs> you think it really matters, Eddie? Always like it's like well over here. I mean, but it messed up the part in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two of my favorite lines in that, so I'll I'll edit them. Is um, uh, Clark's like, what's that? So Chevy Chase, he's like, what's that smell? And they start playing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on a tuba, and they open up the door, and Cousin Eddie's emptying out his RV's uh, septic tank into the sewer, and he's like, the crapper was full! <laughs> and, like, all the neighbors are just like, eh. And then my other uh, favorite part is when um, uh, his niece comes in and talks to him, and he's... <laughs> and he's talking about Santa Claus and she's like he never gave us anything but crap and bricks and he goes you know you really shouldn't say that word and she goes sorry crap and rocks <laughs> <laughs> but I was going like, shaft yeah and then cousin Eddie's like He's like, that there's an RV, because he's showing it to Clark, and he's like, but don't go getting your heart set on it, we're taking it with us when we leave here next month. He chokes on his eggnog. <laughs> he's like, you notice what kind of cup he he's drinking the eggnog? Yeah, the Wally World. Oh, like, yeah, moves, right. yeah. Sorry, folks. Moose yeah. out front should have told you. <laughs> no, I love that. It could be... I think it'd be best if everyone went home before things get worse. Worse? How can things get any worse? Take a look around here, Helen. Or Ellen. We're on the threshold of hell. Ha <laughs> <laughs> like, ha! He does that one. I love when he's like, oh, man. fix the U-post. <laughs> the U-post. <laughs> he just, um, oh, God, just like everything. Oh, and then like oh. he's like hitting on the, the lady at the store. And can I say the line? Oh, can you rush? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a, te- had, had a movie that, that you, you watch? It was so funny. You literally had to leave the room because you couldn't breathe. Yeah. That oh, happened yeah. to me twice in that movie, and I don't know if it's ever happened twice in a movie, in any other movie. Really? That's funny. Oh, yeah. my oh, gosh. Man. Oh, I think I probably the first time I saw Austin Powers. Oh, man. 
you know, before they remade the movie two more times. Yeah, because yeah. oh. I love James Bond, and right. mm-hmm. you know, Mike Myers. You know, it well, just, oh yeah. my god, that, yeah, mm-hmm. just National Lampoons is so well timed. Yeah, yeah. which what are the two? What yeah. are the two moments in that mo- in, in Christmas Vacation? Do you remember? Oh, so one of them was one of them was in fact the uh, the cat part. Yeah, I freaking love it every time. I laughed so <laughs> just like quick hard. <laughs> and then another one of the moments, I don't remember what the other moment was, but I think it might have been the, the crap and bricks, crap and rocks. It could have been that. I think it was like, yeah, I don't remember, but oh man, when that cat started running around the room, blowing up, and you know, I read this, this, the flame, and the yeah, I died. Um, oh, man, I always laugh when the floor wet, Todd. <laughs> oh, no, no I love um, um, I love it when uh, they're getting around the table to eat, and they go, "Aunt Bethany, would you say Grace?" She goes, "Grace, Grace died thirty years ago." Oh, the blessing! <laughs> and then like the when blessing. the blessing, and then um, oh, and then like when they're coming, when when Aunt Bethany's coming, like Clark's helping her walk up, and she's like, "Is Rusty still in the Navy?" And he's like twelve years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I think I think I think that my favorite line of that show is when they're talking about the Jam of the Month Club, and of course, now that's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad that he doesn't get his boat, right? Does he get his boat? It's a pool. Oh, the pool. Yeah, remember because. Cousin Eddie goes and kidnaps his boss and brings him in a big Christmas ball. He was yeah. a big beast of a man wearing a blue leisure suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just There's so many moments oh, in that movie. I, I love it when he gets locked in the attic and everybody else goes Christmas shopping. He finds the old movies and he's watching them and somebody opens the door and he, like, falls out. Oh, good. Oh, just a whole movie. Wait, wait, yeah. um, oh, and then, like, when he's imagining the swimming pool with the... Hot girl. <laughs> oh, just thinking about Santa Claus. Yeah, that's right. Before the crap and bricks. Yeah, mm-hmm. part. So classic. And uh, a young Johnny Galecki. Yeah. And uh, that's weird. And a funny Chevy Chase. Yep. Right. Mm. Oh. Now, now let's talk about a not so funny Chevy Chase. <laughs> well, 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 he's he's, uh, he's you know. okay. Yeah, he, he's okay. As we talk about. Probably my third favorite episode of Community, which is saying a lot because Community is one of my all-time favorite he shows. He literally has, like, sometimes he'll go on and on about Community. Oh, I love yeah. Community. Like we're at about now. <laughs> so th- this is an episode from season three called Regional Holiday Music. <laughs> what so freaking funny. Oh my gosh. For anybody who watches Glee, this episode is... During the first paintball episodes, when they're like, the Glee Club is like, hit me with your best shot, and they <laughs> shoot him, get some original song! <laughs> Dude, I, I hate Glee, it's oh, even better. Right. Oh, this, this show, guys. So, so has everyone Sorry. seen this episode then? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so, <clears throat> let's start at the beginning, shall we? As, with one of my favorite... One of my favorite bits. Well, actually, before that, so Abed talks about how he's going to watch the much maligned Christmas special from 1996 of Inspector Space Time. Right. <laughs> and it's Troy's like reaction. Who and it's like a, yeah. a Star Wars Christmas episode. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Troy's reaction is that sounds terrible. I'm going to watch it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that sounds so awful. 
I think I'll watch it twice. But he says it like so quickly. It's in the same like the same right. breath. Yeah. That sounds so Stuff horrible. like I want TBD. Is that new? Just Donald yeah. Glover is so good. He's oh, so good. He, he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then one of my favorite exchanges in the entire episode, which is saying a lot, is Annie's talking about her holiday plans, and she says that she's going to be spending Christmas with her booby. And then Troy goes. <laughs> and then Troy goes. You're not taking both of them, <laughs> and then and then Annie says, "Well, <coughs> one's dead," and then Troy's reaction: "What?" <laughs> she has no, she has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> anyway, um, and then and then you have the Glee Club walks in singing their awful pop music mashups featuring Elton Lil John Lennon. Yeah, dude. Oh Best, my gosh. Y'all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so bad. And but Jeff, being the wonderful person that he is, called ASCAP, who basically protects copyrighted music and came in and shut down the Glee Club with a most wonderful meltdown. The entire Glee Club is just screaming and stomping and then one of them, one of them shouts out, My soul is dead! And stabs himself the fork. It's great. <laughs> I love that. Like, ah! And then they get up. We were never here. <laughs> so, Community has had some great... Uh, it's, it's had some great guest stars over the years, but Taryn Killam in this episode so just oh. kills it. Yeah. Kills it. I, I there's, there's one moment where Jeff calls his character aggressively asexual. <laughs> right. <laughs> which is the perfect way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> like, perfect and creepy and just, oh, so wonderful. Um, and then another another way that he describes him is equal parts Hanson and Manson. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I forgot about so that. So so Terry Killen plays the he plays the Glee Club director, and he's trying to he's trying to get basically the study group to fill in for the Glee Club since they all had nervous breakdowns or in a mental institution. Um, <laughs> And so, of course, everyone goes, "Ah, no, no, no. They filled in for the Glee Club, you know, in a previous year, and it didn't go well. It was just a haze of happiness and... And music or something. I I can't remember exactly what they say. But they, they all say no, and then... Abed feels bad because, you know, Christmas is very important to him, and he kind of follows Taron Killam's character, who sings him a song... Glee! Oh my gosh. <laughs> with, 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 yeah. with wonderful lyrics like, when your brain finally lets your heart get in its pants. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, and then he jumps up and the piano keeps on playing. Like, how is the piano still playing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's wonderful because if you watch Glee, all these things are things that happen exactly in Glee. Right. And then, especially the everything's cooler when cameras are spinning. Because <laughs> cameras constantly spin around oh, things yeah. in Glee. Yeah. Um, and basically, from this point on, you kind of have a pod people 
type of it feel does. to the show where where everyone is slowly getting taken over by the Glee Club <laughs> in different ways. And so, first of all, Abed goes to Troy because, you know, Troy and Abed in the morning, right. they, you know, they're best buds. <laughs> yeah. um, and so Troy is a Jehovah's Witness. Right. And so the way that he convinces Troy to join the Glee Club is because he can be Jehovah's most secret witness. A spy against Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> with a wonderful rap filled with hoes in a pillow fort. <laughs> because they're Troy and Ovid. Right. And it's wonderful. So then they go back to they go back to the study room that has been switched around to look like a rehearsal space. And has a random piano guy who looks exactly like the random, <laughs> the random piano guy. I've never seen this episode. And there were there were key things in the episode too that I'm like, that's ugly. Like Taryn Killam's vest, the outfit he was wearing. I'm like, that's Will Schuster. And then they started playing the ba 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 ba. Like they were imitating the like little yeah, like, like the, the, the that happen in the, the background transitions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I saw him, and I'm like. I'm out. I'm yeah, in. Let's go. Yeah. Like, they're, so funny. They're, they're spoof on things like all the paintball episodes, especially do that well. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, what what would it look like if we had like a you know Terminator meets like Twenty Eight Days Later kind of little moment? Where like, it, oh, they just it's so the, good. What are regionals anyway? <laughs> what the what hell are, are regionals? regionals? <laughs> like, that, that's one of my favorite <laughs> recurring <laughs> jokes. Is just Pierce anytime that they talk about. You know, and we gotta get to regionals. And Pierce, is, what the hell are regionals? <laughs> Every time, it's wonderful. Because nobody love it. knows what regionals are in Glee either. And I right. love how it's like, no, this is regionals. This is semi-quarter regionals. <laughs> and then we have to go to solo regional, and then sectional regional, and then pre-regional regional. Pre -regional. <laughs> I don't remember the line. So right, right here in the episode, Troy has a great line where he goes, "Who hates Glee? Glee literally means." <laughs> <laughs> and of course they they get they get pierced by pandering to his vanity mm -hmm. and right. you know basically saying that baby boomer they sing a song called <laughs> baby boomer santa which is wonderful because they have random people just helping them with costume changes in the middle of the song that you don't know who these people are. They're just randomly there, like, throwing guitars on them and, and all these like different stuff. background characters on Community get, like, bigger parts later on. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, like Starburns? Yeah, Starburns. <laughs> oh, Starburns is great. But, you know, you know, and that's another part that reminded me exactly of Glee, because you have these random people who are just following the Glee Club around, just helping them with scene changes, yeah. playing instruments for them out of nowhere. They'll right. disappear randomly what's, in a scene. What's funny yeah. about Glee especially, too, is they focus so much on the fact that the Glee Club does not have a budget. How do they have, like, water pouring down and tap dancing and doing all this stuff and they're singing in the rain umbrella mashup? It's like, mm -hmm. how do you have the budget for this? Who's cleaning this the up? The high school I went to in Indiana was, they, like, my, it, it, huge into show choir. Yeah. My cousin was in, like, the top show choir, and they talk about, like, the, you know, the parents will donate and stuff like that. Yeah. Quarter of a million dollars. Wow. Like their Christmas show. It's That's ridiculous. Crazy. It's yeah. a great show every year. Right. But it's like, holy... Well, it's just funny that the Glee Club who says they have no money can yeah. do stuff like yeah. that. It's like, yeah. I don't think this is real <coughs> life. And there's so many people that join in. You're like, I thought these guys were like the outcasts. And one of my other fa one of my other favorite lines from this movie though is, "Where are the lyrics? They're in your heart." <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that because people just. I'm sorry, I'll get there. So, so the next song is 
my favorite song in the entire episode, and it's Sexy Christmas Annie <laughs> singing Teach Me to Understand Christmas. Because she's Jewish. Yeah, because she's Jewish. Is that how they get Pearson? I'm getting No, that, 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 that's yeah, how they get I'm Jeff. Getting... Oh, right. Because it's just, it's just her and Jeff. And this is so Leah Michelle in right. Glee, this right. entire song. Because she's basically doing a sexy baby act, as I like to call it. <laughs> It's With bad. words in the songs like Buen Hordy Understandy Christmas. <laughs> and of course, the best ending to this song, because you know, it's all very sexual, even though even though she's, you know, being a baby and and oh I'm so dumb, you know, and the song ends with boop be doop be doop. Boop, sex. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so good. So wonderful. So the next person that they go after is Shirley, which they get her with a with a child gospel choir yeah. singing It feels like a very special birthday, but whose name should be written on the cake? And of course that gets Shirley to go. Uh, let's see. I've got to tell the babies! <laughs> and she gets up, Jesus Christ! I love the, uh, I'm sorry, so like, go, uh, no, Happy Christmas. birthday, Jesus! Cut the cake, cut the cake now, cut the cake, my lord! <laughs> oh, she's also so got an awesome I love the one where Jeff gets a fight around Christmas, and she's like, you're ruining this day! December 12th? <laughs> so it's like before the, the holiday break, but it gets into a fight with Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> sorry, that's a different Christmas that's episode. Okay. So then we get to the actual, Speaking the actual here. event. We get, we get to the Christmas recital, and they talk about how this is the next step to regionals. And Pierce goes, I thought this was regionals. All right. <laughs> Don't let my confusion undercut their importance. <laughs> <laughs> and Britta is playing the mute tree, and there's this, there's this, there's this whole <laughs> subplot of, you know, Taryn Killam's character hates Britta. Like, he does not want Britta to have any part in this actual performance. And so he casts her as the mute tree. And then <laughs> so, and then so, um, Abed sees what's going on and, uh, and basically says, well, first of all, Terry Killen comes up to him and goes, you know, he goes into the whole, no, we have regionals and then sectionals and then semis, then semi-regionals, then regional semis. Then National Lower Zone Semis. <laughs> That's what Glee feels like. That, that is yeah, exactly yeah. what Glee yeah. feel, feels yeah. like. And so Abed, you know, is thinking, well, I just thought that this was just for Christmas, so he has to find a way to break it. So Abed is a star of, of the recital, so he decides to give his part to Britta. And then Britta goes, but I, do, I don't know the lyrics. And then Abed goes, they're in your heart. And then Britta goes, Right. The doy. <laughs> I love that's one of my favorite repeated lines on the yeah, show. The doy. Oh. That's great. And that's so awesome. so then Britta goes out and then the Dean has one of my favorite lines as as she starts singing just so awkwardly, Christmas time and the whole audience kind of groans. Oh. And then you see you see the Dean looking at the program and he goes, Oh, Britta's in this? <laughs> 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 and then the lyrics so great. Uh, the lyrics to Britta's song oh boy. are 
I got a Christmas time for me. I got a Christmas time for a tree. Me so Christmas, me so merry. Terry Killam gets up on stage. No, stop, 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 stop. You're ruining things. And then the audience is like, let her sing, let her sing. And then the dean gets up and says, my absolute favorite line in this episode. Uh, why don't we let Britta sing her awkward song? <laughs> <laughs> And it turns out that Taryn Killam's character killed the original Glee Club and yeah. then runs out of the room and then the dean has the line, and to think I trusted him enough to pilot that magic carpet in that dream last night. Anyway, the dean says, I wonder how much was like, or, uh, or how much they let him loose. And he oh, right, man. So he just it's like yeah. the janitor. Great improviser. The janitor in Scrubs. Yeah. They just let him go. They said in like the fifth season, fifth or sixth season, that he had like four lines yeah. in the whole season that were, that were written down. Yeah. Everything else he made up. Yeah. Yeah. My friend. For kids. <laughs> <laughs> it got to a point where they're just like, and whatever he wants to say at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like, and the janitor makes a joke. Anyway, so. Pop, pop. Right? No, he's not dead. He's, he's dead. just upstairs. So, <laughs> that is it for our Christmas list. Yay. I have, to like bring it back to like Christmas, Christmas. At the very end, I have a poem I'd like to read. Okay. Well, per, first, let, let's talk a little bit about releases for the month. Now, mm -hmm. movies, there's only one thing to care about. Star Wars, Star Wars! guys! Woo! Wait, wait, wait. I can't it's, wait. It's not that sister's movie with what's their Due respect to Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. For Gary to go up against you, it. Yeah. So and maybe I, it's a smart move. Maybe they'll still make money. Well, I doubt it. Here's the thing. is not everybody in the world likes Star Wars. Well, yes, they're called communists. Yeah, communists. Communists. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? So, yeah, Al-Qaeda. So here's the thing. <laughs> we'll have Star Wars where pretty much everybody will be going. Then we'll have the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler movie for, like, and the women. Alfred in the, uh, Al, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like, yeah. I'm getting there. What oh, I'm sorry, saying sorry, is sorry, sorry. The sisters movie for the... For the women who don't like Star Wars, don't feel like going with their boyfriends, and they're like, girls night! And then the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie will be for all the wives or the dads who don't want to go see Star Wars and they don't want to take their kids. And, and they, they don't, don't have any self-respect. So bad parents who don't take their kids to Star Wars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Done. Bingo! What's his name? Anyway, yes. Star Wars is the only one that's important. Right. Pretty much. I mean, I, I was looking at the list, I was like, the Heart of the Sea, Ron Howard, like... I like everybody who's involved, but I'm kind of like, eh. What was something else that came out on the 18th? Like, and I, I couldn't remember it what it was. So Son of Saul. Alvin hey, and the Chipmunks. It, it's really the Sixers. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, there is, um, on the 11th, Don Verdeen, which is a new Jared Hess movie. He did Napoleon Dynamite. Uh -huh. stars Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I saw uh, that. A self-professed biblical archaeologist who has fallen on hard times starts to bend the truth in order to continue inspiring the faithful. Oh, he's man. going after Goliath's skull. And he's like, <laughs> I think it's Danny oh, McBride, who's a uh, preacher mm -hmm. who wants to get it. Was it good? You saw it at Sunday? It was funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Napoleon Dynamite and... Yeah. Um, and Nacho Libre more. Oh, yeah. But, it, but I love Sam Rockwell, Just too. really talented fun. cast. Amy Danny Ryan Bowie's from son? The Office is in it. Jermaine Clement, Danny McBride, Will Forte, Leslie Bibb. Mostly, I'm like, Will Forte's in this. He's playing Sam a Rockwell? preacher. Yeah. That, that's, 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 yeah. Yeah. that's enough for me to go is, see it. Yeah. So. But that's, directed yeah, it's... That Sam Rockwell started. Mm, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Star Wars, guys. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> 
It's been so long. I haven't watched any trailers, and like, they keep people keep like, you know, like people who load the the trailer automatically on Facebook. You suck because it's just like ha, ha, every time I go to my newsfeed. It's like when your mom comes down, you're looking at pictures of girls in their swimsuits. Like, oh, 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 what was that? Oh, it was an ad. I just can't believe that Kylo Ren is really Luke. You know, shut up! You know how much you know how much I am banking on that theory until I'm proven wrong that Kylo Ren is either Luke or Luke is Kylo Ren's. Stop master. it! Because okay, Empire done, Strikes Back. Done. done. <laughs> All right. So as far as video games are concerned, there's really only two games of note that come out this month because everything already came out last month, um, and that's Just Cause Three that I talked about earlier. And Xenoblade Chronicles X, which I am so excited about. Basically, giant, giant, giant RPG where you get mechs that you can fly around in. And the world is bigger than, the world is bigger than Fallout 4's world, Skyrim's, and The Witcher 3 combined. Wow. It, like, you can sink hundreds of hours into this game. Wow, that's crazy. And so I'm really excited because I, I really like the original Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii. Um, and I plan on getting this, so I'm excited. Awesome. And it's only for the Wii U, right? Yeah, it's it's only for the Wii U. It's made by Nintendo. Nice. All right, and John, take us out. Well, this is um, a Christmas poem by Paul Gilmartin. Mm-hmm. Eggnog, tinsel, falling snow, buttered rum and mistletoe. Christmas trees and hanging lights, the sound of carolers fill the night. Shopping hours long and hard, visa phones and cancels card. Unpaid bills and mountain, mounting debts, family gathers, depression sets. Drink, <laughs> drinking starts, harsh words are said, dysfunction rears its yuletide head. Argument turns to shoving, drunken brother punches cousin. Tree tips over, popping lights, ca- curtains catch, house ignites. No one hears the reindeer cries. Wedged in chimney, Santa dies. <laughs> though, he kick, though he kicked and did perspire, his chestnuts roasted on an open fire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone! Hey! Oh, 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 oh.